Blog Talk Radio. There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday night. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons. I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men, and it's just beautiful. Welcome to Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman. Richie Altman. And Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. And finally, like that, ladies and gentlemen, the boys are back, and it is time for another great season of high school football, some college football, and we'll probably touch a little bit of that, of course, uh, NFL. But, again, glad to be back with you. I'm Rich Yeldon, alongside here with Eugene Benton here in Charleston, South Carolina. The, of course, uh, the great coastline of the Carolinas here as we uh, look forward to Eugene having another great season. As uh, For me, this is, I think, we're in, uh, for Southern Sports Central-wise, close to about 15 years of doing this thing. And, of course, you've been with us now a couple of years. And, man, we've uh, taken a little break, but glad to be back here, not only in the studio, but, of course, back and on the airwaves. Yeah, new new location, new studio, new things. Uh, we're starting to get some things collected to put on the wall, so to speak. Uh, we did get a couple things from some other schools, and uh, we want to get some things in the background. We hope to uh, eventually move to more of a, a video presence as well. Uh, kind of having that running simultaneously um, so those who want to log in with Facebook Live or something like that can do that. So uh, once we get the walls covered and some very, uh, very cool stuff, you know, we're going to start to move over to video. I'm sure you guys listening don't want to look at our face uh, with them play white and gray, gray walls behind us. But uh, you know it's that time of the year. We did a media day with Dave Sheldon, who's joined us a little bit later tonight. Um, went over and saw uh, – Shane Fiddler's program there at Ashley Ridge, got the inside tours there. And then we went over and watched a little bit of youth football at Fort Dorchester, caught up with them. And then we we're on the uh, sidelines for the Oceanside Fort Dorchester scrimmage on Monday night. So we've gotten to talk to some of our, our friends and coaches and athletes in Low Country. We've gotten out 
kind of on, on the porches, so to speak, and, uh, you know, talk shop with some of these guys and, and players over the past couple, uh, really about this past week or so. Uh, football's right around the corner. We have some major scrimmages going on this Friday night, which we'll, we'll get into. And then, of course, in only eight days, we kick it off. You know, the, the first of Friday Night Lights in Low Country, man, uh, growing up here, all the way back to the 80, about 88, 89, uh, when I was in middle school, really started taking interest in football. That was the biggest thing. Warren Pepper used to fly in if you had the big game on the helicopter, and that was really cool. Um, but, you know, it was a, it was, you stayed up all night, um, even when you were a kid, and watched those Friday Night Lights, and it was really cool. Um, and, and, you know, now to be a part of it, uh, really, really cool as well. So, again, that kicks off in about eight days, Rich. But, you know, you're back. The studio's fired up. We got laptops and microphones and computers and turnouts and schedules and uh, look for a really good show. We got uh, two hours and 55 minutes action packed here on out. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a great show. Let's talk a little bit about the guest here tonight. Uh, Eugene kind of gave you a couple of hints there. Of course, David Shelton, the guru of Friday Night Lights, are going to join us uh, around, what, 730? There's 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, he's going to join us. Uh, he'll talk about what he did on Sunday, which I thought, quite frankly, was an amazing thing. He got media day here for the Low Country Cats that were able to get out there because the first of that uh, media day for the high school was the Saturday, which was the actual second day of, well, football practice. And they're not going to miss football practice just to go out and have some interviews. And I promise you, coaches weren't going to allow it neither. So, of course, David being David had the uh, moment to do what he did over and again. I want to thank the guys at Cane Bay for opening their facility for us on the outside, everything socially distanced. And that's something we'll get into a little bit here tonight as well as the difference between this year and last year and what we may see, the repetitive part of this as well. And when you think about all the kids that came, the coaches that came, I mean, best rest team, James Island, no doubt about it. Coach McCoy shows up with four dogs, or we just say Trojans, that had ties on, suits. I mean, they looked dressed to impress as he did as well with his gators on. And it was just quite an interesting day all the way from, you know, every coach definitely in the local area of the low country. Unfortunately, didn't see anybody down in the lower part of the lower uh, country like we were hoping Buford and, and some of those guys, May River, would maybe make it up. But, again, uh, for David to do what he did I thought was an incredible thing. Uh, hopefully it's the beginning of many – of these because every year build on it and uh, have the opportunity maybe for us to go live at one of these things would have been neat. Uh, but uh, great job, David. If he'll join us again, eight o'clock, we'll talk to him about who is he looking at this year. Of course, uh, Fort Norchester is a team that's going to compete without a shadow of a doubt for that 5A state championship. What will you see out of the boys from Somerville with a green wave with a new turf, by the way, are they going to make some noise? in that region. And of course, well, Shane Fiddler's in that region. He'll be joining us at uh, 830 with him talking about the, uh, you know, what they're going to do over there. Of course, at Azure Ridge, great time with him Sunday evening as he had us go through the facility on their media day. And uh, again, always good to see him and his entire coaching staff, coach BJ Bellish back as the head baseball coach, but he's also the strength and conditioning guy over there uh, for uh, Azure Ridge. Always good to catch up with him as well. But uh, look forward to hear what he has to say is he's now in uh, a full season, if you will. Right. And uh, you, you start to kind of put all that in perspective. What are we going to do with it? How is it all going to go? Well, that's the question we all have for not only him, but of course, uh, coach McCoy, coach McCoy, of course, in a first full season, uh, as we start to kind of look at some things here uh, going forward. So we'll wait and see how that goes. And well, 730, 
We're going to hear from uh, the guys over there at the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association as uh, we get in here with their big dog and, of course, their uh, man with the plan. He'll be joining us here uh, in uh, just a few, well, a little less than 30 minutes. Uh, he'll, of course, be checking in with us and seeing what's happening with uh, Matthew Scott. Again, uh, does an incredible job uh, promoting awareness on diabetes uh, for the young folks that deal with it on a day-to-day basis. Because, again, it's not just for the older folks. Well, it's the, low, the younger folks who, of course, are, are hit with it at such a young age. And one thing I can tell you about Matthew Scott, who I have gotten to know for, gosh, dog, I think we've uh, been around each other now for maybe six or seven years. But this cat was in high school, a sophomore in high school, when he first started coming on this show. And here he is now as a, uh, a college graduate. We'll, we'll congratulate him on the air for that as well. So it should be a good time. We'll get into all of that. We're going to take a quick break, try to get some things together here at the studio. But before we do that, we want you to check us out on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Hot topic coming back. Stay in your lane. We're talking to players. We're talking to coaches. We're talking to parents. All that and much more. Call in, check in, and tell us what your thoughts about this conversation. 323-784-9681. One more time, it's 323-784-9681. The next topic is going to be stay in your lane. We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here at southernsportscentral.com. And George Foreman admits that he gave Muhammad Ali everything he had. And Muhammad Ali grabbed him and pulled him to him. Old man hadn't fought in years, hurt. And Muhammad Ali pulled him to him and said, is that all you got? And George Foreman said when he heard the words, that all you got, it penetrated his spirit. And said, I didn't gave my man everything I got. I can't see him to knock me down. And Muhammad Ali said when he said that to him, he looked into the pupils of his eyes, and he said at that point he knew George Foreman had lost. Lay hold of it. You lay hold of it. And when that thing tells you to quit, you look at it in his eye and say, I ain't going nowhere. I will break you before you break me. You will not defeat me. You will not destroy me. Some of you are so ignorant. You've been through so much hell. You going to quit now? You should have quit 10 years ago when you got raped. You should have quit 10 years ago when he walked out on you. You should have been quit. You don't quit now. It's the 10th round. You got two more to go. And when you get to success, it's not about skill. When you get to a certain level of success, it's about stamina. It's about stamina. It's about you won't break me. You can't take me. It's too late. You should have broke me a long time ago. I'm unbreakable now. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? You're not hearing what I'm telling you? Y'all thinking it's about talent, it's not. It's about taking the gift you got and, and laying a hold of it. Have you ever laid hold of something? You created that thing, this ain't no job. That thing speaks about who you are as a person, how you approach life. This ain't no, this ain't no gig. This is the essence of who I am. This is my spirit. This is my character. This ain't no job. Why are you treating it like a job? It's your calling. 
You took responsibility when I wasn't willing to take responsibility. Don't disrespect nobody that did that. I used to disrespect my, bio- my father who raised me because he wasn't my biological father. I used to disrespect him. Now I honor him. I used to think like, yo, you lied to me. No, you didn't lie to me. You gave me your last name. You took responsibility that didn't belong to you. That was somebody else's responsibility. And you took somebody else's responsibility. To that I will owe you for the rest of my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It wasn't no lie. You gave me your last name. And I got to respect the fact that you gave me. And I got to live it with honor. And then I got to give my kids a name that ain't our name. Because the person that was supposed to be there didn't. The pie. And now, back to Southern Sports Central with Richie Altman and Eugene Benton taking your calls at 323-784-9681. Welcome back, everybody. I am Rich Yellen alongside Eugene Benton for another great segment here. And, of course, I uh, want to thank you guys for checking in here with us tonight. As, uh, again, uh, we are back up and running. Wednesday night seems to be the night that we're going to be doing this from 7 to 10 because our schedules are, are quite uh, well, wide open, if you'd say the least. And, and another thing I can tell you is that we are ecstatic about the opportunities to have the relationships across the great state of South Carolina with every high school uh, across every campus. Uh, and, and we kind of showed ourselves many opportunities as COVID became a reality. We took it as an opportunity, right? We went out with these kids to different camps. We had the opportunity to get to meet more parents, coaches across the upstate to the lower state, you name it, they all jumped in here. And as uh, Davo Sweeney says, uh, all in here in uh, Southern Sports Central. Now, let's talk about a topic that, Eugene, you and I, I think it needs to be talked about first. We need to go ahead and just lay it out right now and uh, kind of put this to rest because we talk about the word respect. And I think it's thrown out there way too much. I, I think it's, uh, it's something that's taken for granted. I don't think it's taken serious. And, and I think at this age, and, and for whatever it is during this time, there's a process, and, and there is a, uh, let's just say, um, I'm trying to think of the right word here, but there's, there, there's basically what I'm trying to get at here, there's a role for everybody. Yeah. Coaches, this is for you, because I feel that you guys need a voice, and I'm going to help you here with that. Players, your job is to do one thing, play the game. Doesn't matter what game it is, it could be football, baseball, basketball, but since we're in football season, let's talk football. Your job is to show up to practice, not on time, but early. Your job is to stay a little later. Be the first to get there, the last to leave, right? You're only playing football for so many months out of the year. Where the hell are you in the hurry to get to? For you seniors, there is no redo. There is no do-over. This is your final call. So for whatever reason, you got something else better to do after a football game or a practice or during the season shame on you because that's selfish all right so players you have to learn that it is your job to do the one thing you're there to do play football not to schedule not to complain but to play all right coaches i'm going to skip you i'm going to go to your parents and this is something that's really parents i I don't know where we've fallen off the communication wagon here do you really feel that it is the coach's job to babysit your kid your high school kid when he is not at practice, when he is not at a game, when he is, uh, well, during the season, if you will. Because this isn't Friday Night Lights, all right? This isn't Remember the Titans. This is called real life. And in the real life, your job as a parent 
No different than when you dropped off little Johnny when he was four and five and six and seven at Little League parks across the country. It doesn't change. Hell, I've got a kid that's 20 and another one that's 18, and I'm still doing my job. I'm still raising my kids. I don't expect somebody else to pick it up. Yeah, when they're on the football field, Eugene, that is when the coach is supposed to do his thing. That is it. That's it. All right? When they get off the field and they go to the house, mom, dad, guess what? Stop trying to be their friend. And it's becoming so clear in so many different areas. And I just don't understand it. And, again, Eugene, I'll I'll let you speak on this because, again, it's, it's bothering me as we'll debate this, get into this for the next 10 to 12 minutes. But parents just are, it's like they're so worried about, it's almost like Facebook likes and, and, and retweets in the world. They want to be so socially accepted by their kid that they're putting all this pressure on a coach. And I don't understand why they decided that they get to check out for three months of the season. Yeah, and it actually seems to extend more than that. It's almost becoming an epidemic. Um, and, and you can possibly trace a lot of that back to, you and I have been spending a, a lot of time going through watching some shows related to football. We watched the Friday Night Tights. We watched the Snoop League. Just kind of some entertainment to kind of get our minds back into football, even after practices and things like that. Um, but, you know, and there, there's been many cases, and we know it's unfortunate, where many of the parents, uh, especially, uh, unfortunate, there are circumstances, a lot of circumstances of single-parent households, and, 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 you know, we've seen the shows where a lot of the guys or coaches become that father role um, to help out the mom. But, you know, what we're, what we're noticing is, you know, the, the complete checkout of parents and, 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 you know, text messages coming in. You know, now coaches are responsible for grades. Coaches are responsible for attitude. Coaches are responsible for what the kids do on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights after practice, when they leave, whether they make it to school on time, you know, in the off season, what they're doing, who they're training with, you know, what's going on. And, and, and it's like, you know, the coaches have a job and they're trying to win, you know, let's just say football. They're trying to win football games. They have to prepare for that game. They have to study the opponent. They have to know their roster. They have to deal with injuries and changing things like that in their coaching staff and their coaching staff's issues and, and, and what's going on. And, and, you know, all they're trying to help their kid get recruited. They have to meet, go to these, all these events that with rules and, and committees and three days of this, that, and the other, you know, so they have all these things. And Oh, by the way, they have a family too. Mm. Almost all of them, you know, that we know have, have, have a spouse and children right? and multiple children. Some of them have grandchildren. They have a family too. Now we all get it. And, and we, we all go into the business of coaching and being involved with youth because we want to make a difference. But there's a difference in that I think now that's becoming abused. I think it's becoming an epidemic of, well, you're the coach, so you're entirely responsible for everything in the development of this child. And that's not it. It takes a village. And one of the biggest parts of that village is what happens at home. Mm. You know, if a player's out, you know, the night on a Thursday night, they have a big game on Friday and they're out late. I mean, really? Is it the coach's responsibility to make sure they're at home by 9 o'clock? Right. Because if that's the case, then turn over the, the custody and authority to the coach, too. Because I guarantee you the coaches would have them in bed by 8.30, fed, rested up, hydrated, stretched out, and, right. and ready to get some rest so they can compete. But just, you know, no matter where you go, and some people say, well, it's in certain socio-demographics, 
but it's, you're seeing it across Everywhere. all of them lately um, where, you know, like you mentioned the Instagram, right? You know, you see a lot of the parents, you know, getting the Instagram followers with their kids and at the same parties with them. Right. I mean, you know, I will never forget. I was raised by an uncle um, who was like my father because my father was gone. Um, and, you know, my uncle had told us many times we would do some fun things together. We had gone to some social events and went to shoot pool, things like that. But at the end of the day, every nine weeks when that report card came in, we were reminded that Uncle Donnie was not our friend. And he would tell you that. Because if that report card, you had anything uh, below a B, mm-hmm. you found out you weren't his friend for nine weeks until that next report came out. And that's what he told us. He said, I'm here for you. I'll help you support you. We'll go out. We'll have a good time sometimes. But I'm not your friend. Right. You have friends, and they're your age, not my age. Right. And that's what we were told. And I'll never forget that. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and another thing, if you're going to let these coaches raise your kid, just go ahead and let them write them off on your taxes, too. Because, again, that's another plus side to it as well. Uh, and, again, Eugene, you're right. And, and I think about things when I do these shows. And, you know, remember the Titans is one of my favorites. And, and, and let's just be honest. I think Denzel Washington's probably my favorite actor. Uh, he was on uh, a movie called Fences. If you remember where that voice said, uh, you know, basically, you know, called him out. What are you talking about? My job is not to, to be your friend. My job is to put clothes on your back and food in your stomach. You know, he said, yeah, it's a roof over your head. He said all the things that our parents taught us. And, and I guess this is where I'm kind of struggling because I am going to tell you, I'm 43 years old. And uh, it's this generation that we are, Eugene, as you're a month older than I am. Um, <laughs> that being said, I, I'll tell you this. We weren't raised this way. So what happened? What happened to where, you know, my, my dad made it very clear, as your uncle did. My dad said, look, dude, we can hang, we can chill, we can do a lot of things, but you will always be my kid. You will never be my friend. Now, he and I are very close. My dad is my best friend in the whole world. It's a different type of deal. It's a different type of deal, but I don't question it. My son is 18 years old. He graduated two months ago. Couldn't be more proud of the guy. Started his career already. Great, super-duper deal. And he knows that ain't a day in the world that God gives me walking, talking on this earth that he ever needs to step at me because it would be the worst decision he ever made. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. It's a fear factor. Yeah. There you go. The fear factor. That's a good point. Cause you know, I was thinking about that. And like you said, with right. my uncle Donnie, it was okay. We can hang out. We can chill. We can be cool. But I'm not your friend. Here's a perfect test of that. Right. If we're joking around or whatever, and, and you ask me if I ate the last piece of cake out the refrigerator and I tell you, I didn't do it. There's really no recourse. The worst butt cutting ever got in my life was because I lied to Uncle Donnie. And, I mean, that belt lasted for days. <laughs> There's a difference. He's not your friend. Right. But you know what? That was a valuable lesson. I learned then it was a much easier to get that tongue lashing than that belt lashing, so I told him the truth sure. after that. I mean, it stuck with me. But that was the difference where the line, he established that firm line of, all right, we cool until we get to that. And then we're not friends anymore. I'm your leader. I'm, I'm trying to raise you a certain way. I expect those grades. I expect you to tell me the truth. And right. then go from there. Right. That was just a difference. But, you know, it, it, it's just crazy. You know, I see the 16, 17-year-olds out cussing in front of their parents. You know, mm-hmm. they're on Instagram and TikTok with vulgar language songs playing in the background and dancing inappropriately. I just don't get it, man. I really right. don't. And, you know, you've been around my uh, son plenty of times. Sure. You know, I mean, he jokes with you and stuff like that, but you're still Uncle Richie. Right. You know, he still respects you. Right. He still, you know, even though you're not his dad. Um, and he's super successful. I was very hard on him. 
you know, he doesn't go out. He doesn't hang out. You know, he hangs out with his friends on, on the computer and stuff like that. He's a different dude. Right. Um, but he is very successful. He's very driven. You know, and he has his eyes on the prize. And his eyes on the prize is that full scholarship to Georgia Tech. All these athletes have, they say they have their eyes on the prize of that Division One scholarship. Right. But they're not doing those same things to meet it. Right. So going out and partying, drinking at 17, driving home, hanging out till 1 in the morning. Right. Not, get, not getting your body right for a 7 o'clock practice whatever, and not having your right grades, you're not really going towards that end goal of that scholarship. Now, now I'm going to say this. And, guys, look, I grew up in Myrtle Beach. I'm not dumb. I, I was 17 one time. I was 16 one time. I, I did – I understand. I'm not even really getting at the kids sometimes as much as I want to get at the parents right now. Clear. Right? I mean, I'm just saying. I was 16 one time. I was 17, and I was on the Grand Strand. So you can imagine it was the Vegas of the East Coast to some people, Right. Now, nothing stays here because everything goes where? On the internet. The problem is, and if you see it in jobs now with some of these younger kids coming out, everybody wants to be a lion. Everybody wants to be a dog until they have to do what a dog does. You know, get up early, stay late. I say it over and over again. I, I tell you guys this because I've been in and around schools for quite some time with Southern Sports Central, had the amazing opportunity to be the voice of, of Somerville, uh, with uh, my buddy Coach Call, who now courses over at Oceanside. I got a chance to be on the sideline for some seasons with uh, the legendary, the greatest Friday Night Lights coach in the country, one of the best coaches in the world, and that's Coach John McKissick, who, uh, you know, I owe a lot of pride and, and respect of how I handle myself uh, because of the many things and lessons and things he taught me, right? He wasn't my grandfather, but he was the closest thing that I had for many years as he would sit me down and tell me things. That's the things that I wonder. Are we sitting down with our young people? Are we having these conversations? Are we just like, oh, he's just being a kid? Well, guys, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't set the foundation today, then you can't complain about the fall of the walls tomorrow. And it's just that simple because I see it all the time. Character is when nobody is watching. What are you doing? And that's the concern I have. So, again, this is not something we'll get into over and over after every show. But this was something that I saw coming out of the summertime, Eugene, that really bothered me. And I just want to know this question. Whether you're a senior, a junior, or sophomore, are you really serious about what you're doing? If you're not committed to the program you're playing for, then stop playing for it. If you're playing because your dad was an All-American or mom was an All-Pro or they just expect it, again, stop doing it. If it's not what you want to do, go do something you want to go do. Because you might be a five-star cat, but you go out there with a five-star attitude, and I mean on the other side, it brings the whole team down. All right? If you've got something else better to do after practice or something better to do after the game, and you're just really doing this just to pacify the time, guys, i got to be honest. Find something else to do because you're a cancer to the program that you're a part of. And, again, we won't continue this conversation. Uh, we do have to take a break. Matthew Scott from the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association, ready to join us here in just a few minutes. He's going to talk to us about the big game. It is the eighth annual, if I'm not mistaken, uh, game happening over in Columbia, October 9th. And, uh, again, that's a Saturday. Hopefully we'll make that trip. We'll have to kind of wait and see what things line up. We always try, but things do happen. But we're kind of at this moment looking to be there so with that being said we're taking a break we're coming back with that big man the leader of the pack the uh well 
I guess the head ball coach for the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association game here. And Matthew Scott will join us right after this. utmost reports on sports of all sorts let's join Richie Altman and Eugene Benton on Southern Sports Central Richie Alvin alongside Eugene Benton coming to you live from the Southern Sports Central Studios right here in Charleston, South Carolina. As the 
Pack is back, and that means it's time to go to the hotlines over with uh, the one and only, the legendary Matthew Scott, the head coach of the entire program of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association game, where he'll be, well, throwing that first pitch uh, Saturday, October 9th, for the eighth annual softball game. What's going on, big man? Congratulations on that, uh, well, college thing that you did here this past week. <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, it's, it was a long road getting there. Uh, we finally got it done. Good Lord willing. Uh, I probably sound like Dabo here. You know, I'll, I'll credit to the big man above at the end of the day. And uh, you're a big yeah, Dabo glad fan, to man. Be, glad, glad to finally be back on, man. Well, I tell you, man, I've I've known you since I believe your sophomore year of high school, Matthew, and and just to see all the things that you have done on the field, off the field, from radio to to you name it, TV. I've seen you do some stuff there. Now you got your own radio thing. We're, we'll talk about that before we get you out of here, and hopefully I can find you a spot on our network. That'd be pretty neat to let you do some stuff on there as well. But uh, first, uh, let's talk a little bit about this eighth annual game, man. Uh, I know you've been working hard. You've been collecting a lot of uh, good raffle stuff, if you will, some giveaways, but you've also been collecting some talent to play in this year's game as well. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be a fun one once again this year, you know. I mean, you hear me saying I'm all, I always have something up my sleeve, and I, I still have a few more things up my sleeve that I hope to pull off. Uh, yeah, as far as the auction items go, it's going to be another great auction table. Uh, you got some stuff signed by the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. I, I seen you did something on, you know, the WWE theme earlier on Twitter. Regina, as uh, a man named CM Punk once said, "Do I have everybody's attention now?" <laughs> and and it's you know it's going to be it's going to be a good table. You know, we got some you know some stuff by Roger Clemens, Andrew Jones, you name it. I'm working on it. Uh, as far as the talent goes, it's going. It's a stacked lineup right now, and you hear me say this every time I'm on the show. I'm not done building. It's going. To be, there's right. going to be more. It's going to be legendary. You know, you got Kyle Farnsworth making his return for the first time since 2018. Then I call him the prodigal son, my good friend Logan Sal, who's working his way up through PGA and golf. Uh, he's he's making his first return since 2015. He just finished up at the College of Charleston. You know, it's always exciting to have your friends and good close people involved. You know, it's going to be fun. You know, we're excited to go to Columbia International on October 9th. Man, oh man, listen to that the excitement. This cat, I'm telling you, this was a young up-and-coming man uh, in high school, Eugene, when he and I and Clemson Tom kind of joined this conversation. And uh, we're, we're, goal, we're our goal, again, our goal is to be there this year. And i got to be honest with you, <laughs> Eugene, I, I almost want to be a ball player in this game. I, I almost don't want to do the radio part. Maybe we can do – maybe you can mic me up around the field or something. But, you know, I almost want to play in this thing because there's just so much talent. I mean, I would like some of the swag you got, but I'm going to leave that for the other guys. <laughs> but I tell you, man, tell us – why i know eugene knows and a lot of our local and and loyal listeners know who you are and why you did this but man what's the whole thing behind this entire amazing production that you can putting together year after year oh goodness how much how much time do i got uh yeah you know this thing started back in 2014 the softball part of it uh my mom tracy scott and dr chris out down in augusta georgia they we're conversating one day about this new organization that can help kids with type 1 diabetes in both South Carolina and North Carolina and the Georgia area. Um, 
And then the, the boldness in me, the 15-year-old kid in me, when I heard them say, what can we do to raise money so we can get these kids to come to camp for, you know, lower cost? That way, you know, type 1 diabetes is a thing where not a lot of kids have the ability or opportunities to take care of it. You know, in Camp Sweet's case, one of those where we try to welcome everybody with open arms. Um, you know, and then, like I said, you, everybody knows the story. I just turned turned my head and said, you know, let me run, let me run my own charity softball game. Let me, you know, we'll raise the money. Just let me have the keys and we'll run with it. And it, and man, it's eight years now. That's crazy. Eight. Yeah, man, crazy eight is in effect as we're live right now, wrapping it up with Matthew Scott. He is the the skipper. I guess is the better terminology for the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association softball game. That's going to be taking place in Columbia, the capital city of our great state of South Carolina, uh, which is a good spot, right? It's a great spot. So everybody can kind of centrally uh, get there. It makes it easier for us to hit I-26 and drop down in the ballpark, however it may be. Uh, but, man, I, I cannot tell you, first of all, man, for you to allow us just to be a part of the conversation uh, because, uh, again, the youth is what we do and, and who we are, of course. But to aware, you know, get that awareness out about diabetes, man. And it's amazing when I started getting to know you, how many other people that I know, along with my father, by the way, who deals with diabetes, and how serious it is. But yet it doesn't stop you from living. It just kind of, well, controls a little bit of things. If you control what you do, then I guess you're able to kind of continue to do what you want to do, right? Yeah, I mean, you've, you've heard me say it. Uh... You know, being diabetic, it shouldn't mean to, you know, you can't you can't do this or this. I mean, you have your God-given potential to do anything you set your mind to. And, you know, as long as you just take the shots, calculate the carbs, this, that. I mean, yeah, it seems small, but as long as you do that, you're going to be where you want to be when you grow up. I mean, heck, eight years of doing this ball game, I didn't think I'd get this far, honestly. But as the <laughs> cliche saying goes, uh you know, if they build it, they will come. And man, it has come in every form, every way. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited about this year. It's going to be a good time on October 9th. You know, we got some food trucks coming down. Uh, for th- for those that know me personally, I might or might not have a popular mini donut truck coming down to sell their awesome mini donuts. I might have let that, let that cat out of the bag. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the the I always I'm always appreciative of getting the opportunity to come on wherever that you know radio TV and things like that and with you know with you Richie being one of the I guess you want to call it OGs uh, you know since day one you've let me come on and pro- uh, promote my platform as a I don't know if I want to say an advocate that's kind of like Paul Heyman's thing but uh, yeah it's going to be fun this year I'm excited. Well, brother, we're excited to be a part of it. Again, uh, Eugene and I are, are definitely trying to be the year of the athletes. It's 2021, and, of course, that includes you guys as well. And, uh, man, again, we, we can't wait. We're going to get you back in here uh, again here in a couple of weeks, man. Uh, and uh, Again, thank you so much for all that you do when everybody else is sleeping and when everybody else is busy. You're, man, you're still doing the things that you're doing. We enjoy being a part of this. You know me personally, and I can't tell you enough just how proud of a man you've become, not only, you know, doing this, but getting to that college level of of getting uh, what you just got. And I can't, uh, again, stress it enough, man. You're setting a tone. You're you're, you're setting a standard 
and you're doing it by your actions and you're doing it the right way. And that's why I believe the good Lord above is continuing to bless you, brother. You know, I, you know, I appreciate that. You know, you know, everything I've had go on, you know, you know, personally, I've, I've had some stuff come around this year and things such to that nature. Uh, you know, good Lord will, and he's been watching over everybody involved. You know, it's going to be a fun time on October 9th. Uh, and lastly, Richie, I, I know you mentioned about the radio. Uh, for mm-hmm. those that want to keep up with the Sky to Softball game, feel free to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sky to Softball G, Facebook at the Sky under the uh, Sky to Softball game. And lastly, this new developed project that I've pretty much been running with is the Sky to Softball podcast. You can find the Sky to Softball podcast wherever you get your podcasts, uh, such as Apple, Google. Um, whatever I'm, I don't know what other podcast apps there are, but give it a subscribe, give it a listen, let me know what you think, and heck, who knows, maybe Richie will have you on on the podcast sometime soon. <laughs> Brother, I'd love to be a part of it, my man. Hey, enjoy it as always. You and I will catch up off the air, but I uh, can't wait. If I don't see you before, I look forward to seeing you and all your crew in Columbia, October 9th for the 8th Annual South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association uh, softball game. It's always a great one there. And, of course, as he said, there will be donuts in the house, which means Eugene will be there, as that's one of his favorite foods. So, uh, again, Matt, thanks for everything, buddy. Congratulations. Keep pushing. Keep driving. And uh, I can't wait to watch this chapter unfold, my friend. Thanks again, guys. And like I said, Richie, you know I always have something up my sleeve. And, heck, I'm, I might have something come around tonight, and you probably hear it from me. <laughs> Where are we looking, buddy? Hey, man, be safe, and uh, until next time, buddy, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it, guys. All right, guys, there you go. Matthew Scott, the big man, is uh, he is always welcomed here on Southern Sports Central. Again, you want to be a part of that because it is a big deal. I mean, it is an opportunity for you to see a lot of former big names from Clemson and South Carolina and just across the country because you heard some big name drops there, and that's big. I mean, I don't care what you say. Uh, this cat is doing it the right way, and that's why the big man above continues to bless his project and style. Now, uh, you can follow those guys, as he mentioned, Eugene, so we want to do that, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into uh, some of that as it gets closer. Now, let's talk a little bit some of the other things that are going on, Eugene. Uh, yeah. Big news with SEC. There you go. I was going to say, a big deal. He, he mentioned the big deal. Well, not quite as big a deal as his, yeah. uh, because you know what? Uh, youth diabetes is much more important than anything that we can play, say, or do on this show or support. Uh, that's certainly a, a very de- uh, near and dear issue to all of us children and children who, uh, you know, are suffering from this. Uh, but we'll move on to the next big topic, and that is the SEC. Going to two new members out of the state of Texas and the state of Oklahoma. Uh, you know, they, they have officially announced they're out. There's an $80 million buyout for each. Uh, people have crunched the numbers. A lot of people who have been very accurate on the inside information say that they'll probably be on the schedule in the SEC for 2022. Mm-hmm. This is be the last year in the Big 12. Uh, I tend to agree with that because of the numbers, the contract situations, things like that, and the fact that other Big 12 members are now knowing that that's coming down the pipeline, so they're doing their due diligence. Kansas reaching out to the Big 10 some of the other schools, you know, thinking about the, the Pac-12, if they can get those memberships, or bringing in some of the other schools, Central Florida, uh, from the American Conference, Cincinnati, to the Big 12. 
for those out there, I just want to say this. Because there are a lot of people, um, Clemson fans in particular, who are, are making the claim that South Carolina just doesn't want Clemson into the SEC. That may be true because that's one of the only advantage South Carolina has. There are two advantages South Carolina has, money and the conference. Um, Clemson uh, more than likely would not be getting that offer. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with viewerships. It would only add a net 400000 uh, and, and there's also you know, a team already in the state. People say, well, yeah, well, that was the rule, but Texas just joined with Texas A&M there. Texas also has 24 million people. The University of Texas has the largest alumni base around the nation at over 740,000. By comparison, the University of South Carolina has about 400,000, so about 300,000 less for a school that's been around almost 100 years uh, less than the University of Texas. Texas also has one of the largest endowments in the country, and they also have the very largest uh, athletic budget around $225 million per year. Put in perspective, Alabama has about $180 million. So they are adding a good bit deal to the conference. Texas is what's considered a Tier 1 program. Um, and if you think Tier 1, you probably think the brand. Well, it has to do with the value of your brand. Ohio State, Michigan, Texas, Southern Cal, Alabama, North Carolina basketball, um, Notre Dame, there are only about eight to 10 tier one programs in the nation. So just because your team may be good, you know, Auburn, my beloved Gators are right on the bubble, uh, but they're not considered a tier one program. So they're, and matter of fact, Oklahoma is considered tier two. Um, Clemson is tier two as well. Now, all that being said, even if they wanted to add what the ACC did when they signed that deal, the new contract uh, two years ago, and Clemson's president at the time and athletic, athletic director both signed it. Therefore, there's no, pretty much there's no wiggle room to get out of it. Uh, the ACC entered what was basically considered a no-compete clause. Like if, you were, if you're a doctor and you work at Hospital A and Hospital B down the road, uh, you can't go work for them for a certain amount of years if you leave your employment from A. If you do, if let's say Clemson wanted to join the SEC, not only would they have to pay that $40, $50, 60000000 million exit fee, they lose the TV rights for the next 15 years. That's how much long, that's how many years are left on the ACC deal. So any ACC school currently that leaves has to give up, forego any TV money for the next 15 years. So even if they join the SEC, and then, you know, frankly, for the state of South Carolina, we're not swimming in cash. And so I don't think the state legislature would approve, one, a $40, $50, 60000000 million buyout. And the fact, for example, this year, Clemson made $44 million in TV money. They would have to forego that for 15 years. I, I mean, as successful as a program they are, and they're very successful, especially in football, uh, they were very successful in many other sports this year as well. You know, you, you just can't see foregoing $44 million a year when that's, you know, a third of your athletic budget. And so, you know, in my belief and everything I've read, seen, and and heard is that the ACC schools are pretty much locked in. Now, could they poach other teams like West Virginia? West Virginia, we hear, has already reached out to them. I was actually working for the firm that investigated um, 
West Virginia as a possible SEC member back in around 2012. Uh, they could add that team to the ACC. I just don't foresee it for some of the similar reasons why they were not chosen to join the SEC. But I think I think at this point, though, unless it's Michigan and Ohio State, I think the SEC is done with adding. Let me touch on the ACC. Now, the ACC and, and, and having West Virginia 10 years ago, this isn't the same West Virginia team 10 years ago, okay? This is a different whole uh, uh, program, right, that, that, that they were 10 years ago, right? You've seen, of course, uh, what they were able to do uh, in the last few years alone, you know, even with, with Will Greer, who came down from Florida, went up there and, and really did a hell of a job, right? Did a hell of a job. And, and they've basically taken their brand up a, a lot of notches. Now, maybe their facilities aren't great, but I got to be honest. I mean, you went to every single ACC facility. Would you be impressed by every single facility? And 10 years ago, I'm sure it wasn't great, but it also wasn't great 10 years ago at other facilities. Now, with that being said, you know, Let's let's talk a little bit about the the whole. What does it look like for Texas coming into the SEC? As uh, we're talking a little college football before we get into high school for the rest of the show, a good bit here at least. Um, I like it. I don't care as much that it's Texas to some degree, other than the factor that Texas A and M's over here and it gives us that old rivalry back. Right. I like it that Oklahoma came with them because you need that Red River rivalry. It brings it back. Guess who else? Missouri. Another Big 12 team that's been around now, right? So now that's back, right? Arkansas, so Arkansas. Was the uh, Southwest Conference. Well, good. There you go. See, you're kind of reading my mind here. So Texas has now wrecked the last two conferences it's touched. Arkansas bolted the Southwest Conference back in 1992. You remember that? That's yeah. what you're talking about. In a large part to get away from the horns by their bullying, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, that sound like that sounds like the old Texas A&M boys, right? Uh, now, Texas A&M, of course, uh, you know, left the door in the Big 12, large part, same way, to get away from the horns, as they say, uh, down there in Texas. And we know, after watching Friday Night Tights, that, boy, they take football serious, all the way from four years old to 45 years old, and even older. Now, Texas have won anything lately. They're getting a great brand, a great belt, and I mean like a belt buckle, right? They're getting the whole swagger of Texas, but Texas isn't back because <laughs> it's just reality. Oklahoma, on the other hand, Every year, they're always in the conversation in the top four, top four. Now, they might not get out of the top three, but they are always there. So my question is, how great is it going to be, and how do we need to do the dynamics of this, of this conference, this mega conference that we're talking about? Because I also have heard rumors about them making it kind of like, you know, a, a power conference to the West Coast to a power conference to the East Coast and doing it kind of like what you see in the NFL, AFC and the NFC. Maybe because the NCAA keeps putting their foot in their mouth and continues to be uh, a control freak. I mean, it's kind of like a bad relationship, right? Uh, They want to control everything that they do, right? But could that happen? But let's kind of stay on the course here with the SEC. And I agree. I think the number one, ESPN is going to buy it out. ESPN wants this to happen like Right. right now. All right, there are no more easy games in the SEC. There's no more reason for South Carolina or anybody else to go outside the SEC to play some of these non-conference games. And everybody now, Gamecock fans, is like, well, where the hell are we going to get some of these wins from? Well, then get your recruiting better, right? (laughs) Or go to another conference. And I'm a Gamecock. You're a Gamecock. Former Gamecocks right here. If we can't play with the big boys, then we need to go to a different pool. That's one of the best things about the SEC, too. You know, if you leave the Big 12, they want to charge Texas $80 Oklahoma $80 
If you leave the ACC, you got to pay $50 million plus sign away all of your TV rights money for 15 years. Richie, what's the cost to leave the SEC? Not a thing. Zero dollars. If you don't want to be here, the commissioner said, we don't want let, the, <laughs> let the door hit you with the good Lord's pleasure. You know, we're, we're good without you. We'll be fine. Right. And that's really the brand. That's why everybody wants to be in. There's right. a reason Ohio State and Michigan were, are, are considering, hey, hey, SEC, you know, we're pretty daggum good, too. we got top tier brand. You know why? COVID showed and exposed a lot of things. Right. And Ohio State was the team that said, we have Justin Fields. We have a Heisman candidate, top top guy, possible number one draft pick, possible Heisman winner, national championship team. And, oh, by the way, they made it to that national championship team. They finally beat a team from South Carolina. They beat Clemson. They beat Trevor Lawrence. They knew they were sitting on something golden. Right. And they were afraid, just like the baseball teams and the basketball teams of last year. Oh, by the way, Don Stacey can tell you what it's like to have almost a guaranteed championship taken away from COVID. And Ohio State was sitting there state telling their commissioner, don't do this to us. Right. We have a Heisman. We have a national championship. And they almost won both. Right. They were in it to win it. They were there. They were in that national title game. Justin Fields finished, uh, what, second? I believe. And it so, seems a long time ago. <laughs> and, and, and so, so, you know, and there's, but there's a reason. Like, they, they know the culture of the SEC is, you know, it, it, it's now the NFL Developmental League. It really is. Look at the draft picks mm. for the last, going back to 2006 or seven. Right. Look at the draft picks. Look at the national championship. Look at the big-time games. And you're right. You brought ESPN to buying out that contract. So Texas has its own deal with ESPN that would pay them over the next couple of years roughly about $55 million. Right. But that exit fee is $80 million. So ESPN is brokering this deal anyway. If they just wipe that debt clean, then Texas only owes $25 million. Now, to you and I, we don't make a million a year. That's a lot of money. To Texas, that's not. That's right. That's really not. Look what they, they just Different built. Their t-shirt they, they, they just built on this beautiful end of their end zone over the past year when they were just sitting around when everybody's down in a bad economy because right. of COVID. They just added on millions. To just encapsulate this end of the end zone, and it looks amazing. Sure. I showed you a picture the other night. So they're okay right. when it comes to money. ESPN is going to broker this deal because here's the deal with ESPN. They've locked in this deal with the SEC where they get the top game. It used to be the CBS right. 330 game. ESPN gets that game. Now, guys, if you think about the scheduling now when you add Texas and Oklahoma, the number one game of the week could be, let's just say, Alabama, Texas. Every TV in America is going to be glued to that game, right? right? But So the second best game could be Florida and Oklahoma. Who's not going to be tuning into that game in America? Right. Then the third best game might be LSU or and Florida. Georgia. Or Florida. Or Florida. Because right. Yeah. LSU and Florida. Right. That's the third best game. So CBS now can buy back into that. And, oh, by the way, Fox, who still has some type of rights to the Big 12 or Oklahoma, they can pick up and show in that market. So the SEC's actual last year paid out $46 million per team. Right. They're projected to now go, go close to $76 million by adding those two teams. That's per school. And that's adding because right. they become full shareholders day one. So here's the SEC. You join us, full shareholder day one, right. no exit fee. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's when you know that you. That's when you know you're big balling. When you say, "Look, you don't. You don't want me here. Don't be here." Right? 
Just like we were saying earlier to you athletes, if you don't want to be on that team, you got somewhere else to go, take off. Next man up. We'll That's how it you. works, right? We'll win without you. And who would have ever thought that the world's largest cocktail party, because we'll never change that name here, between Florida and Georgia could it be the fourth or fifth best game, right? That is a marquee game. Who would have said that Auburn and Alabama could be a third best game that weekend? Or just some of these other games that you're kind of thinking of. And, again, I just hope with all due respect, and we're going to take a break because we got the big one coming in here in just a minute. Of course, David Shelton will join us uh, all the way from uh, – wherever he's eating, I'm sure, here as he gets ready for Friday Night Lights. But uh, I just hope that South Carolina and Clemson continues to play. I hope a lot of those rivalries continue to happen. As you know, Florida State, Florida, uh, before we take a break, I do want to send our condolences out to the Florida State families, uh, the players, the the former players, uh, that entire facility to the very big, and I mean prideful, uh, Seminole Nation as they lost, of course, uh, their leader, over the weekend, and uh, I tell you, Eugene, it, uh, I've got a picture on my phone with uh, Gene Stallings, Coach McKissick, and uh, Coach Bowden. And, man, I'm telling you what, man, that's, that's a legendary. Rushmore. That is Mount that's Rushmore. Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is. That's some coaches, right? You, you know, you can throw in an argument to add Coach Steven in there now. That's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Uh, look at the That's titles. an era. That's a different era. Right, right. Yeah, but that's if you era. look at the titles that those guys coach, Right, uh, you know, with the with the ten state titles and the eight state uh, college titles, right? And all the SEC titles. I mean, those are those are title men. Right, you know, they have the title, the championship belt, and the trophies. So yep, they do. That's, that's a heck of a photo, man. No doubt, guys. Let's take a break. Let's uh, regroup, grab some more Gatorade, and get ready for our number two. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Southern Sports Central. We're doing our thing on Twitter at SO Sports Central and a little bit of IG. That's Instagram. We're not models, by the way, but we are hanging out over there at Southern Sports Central. (laughs) So we'll take a break. David Shelton coming back to update us, educate us, and bring us those, uh, well, pregame conversations because Friday Night Lights are also getting ready to be turned on to a stadium near you guys. Don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central, part two of our two, right after this. claps we're ready tonight three claps three claps three claps 27 years ago I sat in this locker room just like you guys on a knee getting ready to play a game I walked down the locker room it still smells the same it takes you back real quick one of the things that caught me was how fast 27 years goes by There's so many people that live vicariously through you. I would give anything tonight to jump in one of these uniforms with you guys. Let's do something I never had an opportunity to do. My father never saw me play. You play for your father tonight. That feeling goes away. It goes away, and it doesn't come every Friday night. It comes when you get married. It comes when your child's born. So you get it. But you just don't get it every Friday night. You're going to miss that more than anything in the world. That's what I miss. And so you seniors that are focused on college, you're focused on your work after high school, what you're going to do next, you're focused on tomorrow, aren't you?
you've got plenty of time for tomorrow. But these tonights, they're going by fast. You focus on tonight. This is about you guys. This is about the guys in this room that care about each other, that know there's only so many more of these nights left. It's about you. They're a faceless opponent. They just happen to draw the short straw tonight. Now get your asses ready to play. Win on three. One, two, three. I feel that you. Welcome to Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. Welcome back. I'm Rich Yelvin alongside Eugene Benton, hanging out on the other side of the glass, taking your calls at 323-784-9681. Give a shout-out to my buddy, Mr. Garrison, who uh, chuckled a little bit because I think he's surprised I'm not an, an Instagram model, but I'm not. I mean, I've been accused, but I'm not. Eugene, it's official. Uh, I, I, I don't have the blue check mark, so it's not real. It didn't happen. Uh, but I did go work out this morning. I want to give him a shout-out because he texted me at 515 and said, hey, man, we got to go. And uh, there I was at six o'clock with, uh, you know, just working out and getting my thing together and trying to get back on this train, if I will, man. Because again, I knew today was game day for us. This is our game day. Oh, yeah. So uh, well, I started off in style. Coach Cole had us on practicing uh, on the field in pads at 730. You were walking out the door to the gym and I knew it was time to coffee, grab shorts, grab a notepad and head to the practice field. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You know, when, when you think about some of the the, the things of the rituals. And we're going to get into that, by the way. David Shelton is going to join us here a little bit. He works with so many. Uh, the Sports Report, he works, of course, with the uh, uh, the local newspapers here. He's on Bobby Harden's show here in the Low Country. Hell, he's on everyone. He's on Phil Cornblow's show. Uh, and we're very blessed that he gets a chance to come on uh, this show. As uh, we know, he hangs out with uh, a couple guys that do a show over in Mount Pleasant. And, um, you know, to have a guy like uh, David Shelton in your community, a part of what you do, uh, we're all blessed because, again, uh, I think about Cole Bryson, who, uh, you know, he's done some great things in the upstate. He's got a great show on Saturday mornings up there uh, in Columbia. Uh, there's just so many individuals that get a chance to do what we do and do a great job. You know, we're just a part of it. Uh, it's a fraternity that we're very proud to be a part of. And, uh, you know, looking forward to getting David in here. Uh, don't forget, Friday morning, you can check out uh, another great show. You know, uh, Mr. Bisco, he's going to be hanging out with you on air here at uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, Brandon Bisco Bing is going to be doing it here as he does it every Friday. He is the voice, by the way, of the Carolina Force Panthers, who by many would say they could be arguably uh, a team to watch out for 5A football state championship run here. Every year, for the last three years, this dude has taken them a game further. They were in the, I believe, 
a game away from the state championship, which congratulations, Tom Knox, five in a row. looks pretty good. And they're looking points on Tom Knox. They did, though. And I'll tell you what, he did lose a receiver. Mr. Hyatt is hanging out at IMG along with another gentleman in our state. And, again, congratulations to both of those guys. We ain't mad at you, buddy. Just remember that you're from the state of South Carolina. Give us some love down there. And uh, we're going to be watching you, support you. We hope to get you in here and talk to you because uh, can't hurt nobody to try to do something to better themselves. And if you're not supporting that cause, then you're not doing it for the right reason. Again, we're not going to get into that. We do our soapbox in hour one, usually, right? That first segment, we kind of get out of our feelings. We got to figure a topic or maybe get a slogan or maybe uh, maybe doll or something to sponsor us in that slogan or something. But, man, <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it's reality, man. This is a guy's show. We know some ladies are listening, but sometimes us dudes get a little, get a little sensitive, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. just be honest. You got to call us well, to well, sometimes. Well, how about if we go with Kleenex instead? Whatever. All I know is it gets old. <laughs> but I am proud of all the guys who have uh, worked hard. Now, it's a hot summer in South Carolina. It's no different than it was last year, year before, year before, year before. We do have a thing called a wet bulb that's happening right now, so I'm not sure how many guys are getting in and getting after it after 3 o'clock because if that thing hits a certain degree, the state schools, of course, the public schools have to get off the field. But it doesn't matter what sport you're playing. Uh, they are pushed off the, uh, they're pushed off the grid. So when you, uh, w- when you look at it all, when you put it all in perspective, uh, just these guys are getting after it. You know, these guys are getting after it. And, uh, of course, we're excited to be a part of it year after year as we continue to do what we do here on Southern Sports Central. So uh, we're going to get David in here just a little bit. I know he's trying to get in. And uh, as we, uh, we we try to put everything together, Eugene, how, how do you kind of see this season? Do you see us having a, uh, a a good season as far as it all goes? Do you think that we have a complete season? I know there's some schools already looking at what I'm hearing, I heard this today, mm-hmm. of changing and getting into actually region play first. And I'm kind of not going to say disappointed that we didn't start with region play, but I kind of thought we would have. Let's get the games that matter out of the way first. And then if we have time to play some of these other games, we can. Yeah, I, you know, I like. I think we do get the full schedule. I think, you know, the protocols are in place. I think the commissioner and the league has put out enough warnings that just says, look, if you don't have enough players to play because of you know, your decisions to either not separate them, not do the right things, or, you know, parents and kids' decisions not to take the vaccine, then, you know, I think the league's going to say, okay, look, we set, it, we set some guidelines this year. We didn't make as extreme. Now, you know, the rest is up to you. So if you didn't do that part, because what we saw was initially last week, some programs were shut down. And they were really just shut down. Now they were said, well, if you're vaccinated, you can come back to practice. So that if you can vaccinate, you can practice, you can vaccinate, you can play. So I think that's going to help pushing some people over the limit with, uh, or, you know, possibly over that goalpost with getting the, getting the shot done. Right. So we'll wait and see here in just a few. Get David Shelton in here with us and, and try to put everything uh, on on his. Of course, as he's calling in now, I believe we are getting ready to get him in here in just a second here. Let's see if we have David with us. David, are you live with us here? We finally got you on the air. I am here. There you go, man. Well, it's been kind of crazy. Uh, I know you did an incredible job uh, on Sunday, man. The kids, I, I keep getting text messages. The parents were really impressed with what you were able to put together. And just to give these kids a chance to have something that, of course, we didn't really get to see a lot of this last year, 
uh, for you to go above and beyond with the help of the guys over at Kane Bay, man, I just want to personally, and Eugene, of course, as well, say thank you for all that you did on Sunday, man. Great job. Well, it it, uh, it, it, it wasn't quite what I wanted, but, but under the circumstances, uh, you know, it was great. And I think next year, assuming we ever get back to some sort of normalcy, I think next year I've got some big plans uh, going to have it uh, indoors with some tables and some food and, um, you know, but, but we got through it. Uh, a great response for the first time. You know, I, I, I mean, we had, I mean, just about every program that didn't have a COVID issue uh, came to the, you know, sent players and a lot of head coaches, which is unusual. So I was, I was really pleased. Uh, and I, was, I, I got, I also got a lot of compliments and texts from coaches uh, and and have talked with some people about next year already and going to get some sponsors involved, and, and we're going to make it a big deal next year. Hanging out with David Shelton, who did an incredible job this past weekend, bringing all the low country athletes together uh, over there at Cane Bay for media day. Of course, uh, David, you got your hands in about 90,000 things. And everyone that you're a part of, uh, I tell you, it gets better just like us by having you a part of it, man. How many years, for the guys who are getting to know you here, maybe for the first time, how many years have you been chasing these kids in high school, man? <laughs> I think most of your listeners probably weren't born. But but I will say I started in uh, 1988 um, with the high school sports report, um, survived Hugo the next year, and then uh, went through an incredible uh, ten more years. Then I left uh, sports writing and went to work at Charleston Southern as their media relations director, and did that for about seven years and got burnt out. And I missed I missed writing. I missed high school sports. So I, I got back in it in 2007 and have been doing it ever since. So even even while I was at Charleston Southern, I was still doing some high school stuff on the side. Uh, you know, just trying to help out the Post and Courier and stuff, but. Uh, so I kept my I kept my feet in it uh, in the water so to speak, but uh, about 2007 I I dove I dove into the water so to speak and and uh, I've been doing it ever since. Man, since 1988, 1988. That sounds like Hurricane Hugo days, of course. Uh, for those who are a little bit older that may remember that storm that came through uh, South Carolina, of course. Oh, I remember. David <laughs> oh, I bet you do. And I tell you, man, when you think about it, man, it doesn't. It seems very fresh, even to us today. I mean, for us who had to go through that long night of uh, no power for months and then the big snowstorm that followed. Yeah, and, uh, you know, my daughter was born um, during that snowstorm. Uh, Megan was born during that big snowstorm of December. So my wife at the time, her mother was six months pregnant during Hugo. That was interesting. And, uh, you know, we were like, golly, what if she goes into labor? We can't get to a hospital. And. And then the snowstorm hit, and then she went into labor, and we barely made it to the hospital. So, uh, yeah, 89 was a was an interesting year for me, for sure. No doubt. Well, I tell you what, we're hanging out with the guru of Friday night football. Friday night lights is on. David Shelton, you can catch him with the Post and Courier Sports Report. Phil Cornblow and him do a great job on Friday nights, recapping all the exciting stuff around the great state of South Carolina. And then he hangs out with uh, – the big kahuna, Bobby Harden, throughout the week sometimes as well, man. So let's talk football, man. Let's get into it. You've done a great job kind of getting us prepped up for some of the young athletes, David, that uh, are going to be a part of the action uh, this year. Uh, let's start off in 1A football here in the low country. And you can go ahead and touch around the state if you'd like. But 
locally, who do you like? And then across the state, man, who are we getting our eye on in 1A football? Well, locally, I, I think Baptist Hill is still uh, in the Charleston area, still the, the top Class A program. I think Cross is going to be pretty good. They're going through some, some COVID stuff right now, but they, they've got some good players back. Um, Whale Branch, which is just south down in Beaufort, is still really, really good in that region. Um, I still think they're the, probably the team to beat. But Baptist Hill's got a lot of guys back. They're going to, you know, they're going to be in, in contention and, and probably, you know, win a couple of playoff rounds and then, you know, go statewide. You know, Southside Christian is, you know, defending state champ, and they're loaded. Again, uh, that quarterback, mm-hmm. Ja'Cory Martin, put on a show in the state finals last year, and uh, he's back as a junior. They got uh, some defensive linemen back. Uh, they're going to be the team to beat. You know, you always have the late views, um, you know, that are going to be in the hunt. C.E. Murray should be pretty good. Um, but, but I, I, you know, I think, I think Southside Christian in 1A, somebody's going to have to beat them to win it because they're going to be they're going to be in the hunt. They're going to be there in November. Yeah, they definitely did a great job putting themselves on the map last year. Everybody had to scramble uh, to kind of figure out where's the school, where'd they come from. And, of course, uh, they left their mark in a season that uh, had a lot of different meanings to it for a lot of people. David, 2A football, uh, again, let's look around the low country. Uh, I know up on the Grand Strand, they've got some pretty good teams up there. And, of course, the Midlands. Uh, who do you like in 2A locally and across the state? I think I think Woodland Woodland and uh, Timberland, Phillips Simmons, you know, they're all in the same conference. They're in that 6AA conference down here. Uh, Timberland didn't make the playoffs last year. I know that that's the first time in forever. And, uh, you know, Phillips Simmons had a really good run. They lost some key players, but they got some back. And I think they're trying to build. They're still just a five-year-old program. So, I mean, they're still in the developing stages. And, and Woodland will be really good on defense. Uh, they're going to try to run the ball a little more this year. Uh, not, doesn't have, the, doesn't have the, the flashy quarterback they've had in, the, in recent years. So that will be a little different for them. And, and then when you move up towards other parts of the state, um, I think I think A starts and finishes with Gray Collegiate and Abbeville. I, I really believe. Even though Abbeville lost a, a good bit, I mean it's Abbeville. I mean they, they it's kind of like Alabama, you know they they just uh, they just replace um, and plug in guys and 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 then they coach them up. They're going to be really good again. Um, I think Chesney will be really good, um, but I, I think Great Collegiate um, they got put it together on defense, but man, offensively, I mean Casey Adams in the backfield uh, is a serious threat. I, I predict. If he goes, if they play all their games and, and we get through this season, uh, he's going to be a 2,000-yard back. He is just electric going to uh, Georgia State as a slot receiver slash running back. But he is an electric football player. Hanging out with David Shelton. Of course, David, uh, the Friday night guru on many networks and radio shows across the state. Of course, on your local newspaper and Internet, uh, wherever you look for Friday night football in the state, you'll see David right there getting it all together. Now, David, what is it about Abbeville? I don't want to go to 3A yet, but, you know, number one, their fans, loyal, diehard, never graduate type attitude. Do you feel, and I'm just going to ask you this, because if you go to any message board or social media, their fans believe they can beat anybody from Tom Knox down to to, to possibly Nick Saban himself. Uh, how, Where do you think they would fit if they were allowed to play the type of talent whether it be from 3A to 5A? Do you think they would be competitive week after week at the 4A, 5A level? 
I think they could be competitive. I think depth would be an uh, issue. Um, I, I know last year's team, and they've had some teams in recent years, I think they've won seven out of ten state titles the last ten years. They've won seven. So uh, they've, had some, they've had some individual athletes who can play at any level. I mean, they go on to college and play, you know, power five and, and uh, a lot of group of five players. I mean, they're, they're very talented year in and year out. They have such a great support, such a great fan base. Um, you know, they expect to win. They really have that expectation. Um, and they do lose every now and then, but <laughs> I think they've lost. I think they've lost four times in six years, so they don't lose a lot. But, you know, depth is an issue when you try to bump up to 4A or 5A. I mean, I mean, they, they, I mean, they wouldn't have beat Dutch Fork last year. They, they were good, but they, they were not that good. Um, but, but probably some 4A, some 4A teams, and I could probably list some 5A teams um, that they could definitely play with, if not beat. So, I mean, I think they're, they're certainly, um, Probably, I mean, they got it. You got it when you talk top programs in the history of the state. I mean, they're right there in the top five. I mean, they're just uh, what they've been able to do. I mean, they were doing this in the 90s. They were winning championships and competing for championships in the 90s. So this isn't like a a fly-by-night thing. Now, their run of the last 10 years has been incredible. But, I mean, they've been good for a long, long time. Hanging out with David Shelton. He, of course, writes for many, covers for all, and is the – King of Friday Night Lights here on Southern Sports Central as uh, we're talking about the 1As, the 2As, and, man, we don't have to go too far to talk about 3A football because there's some expectations across the river and are not pleasant for Oceanside, and I know there's a few other teams. Uh, you know, I saw Hanahan on Sunday, and, oh, Coach Art Craig feels pretty good about his guys, uh, but then the Upstate, they have continued to reload at 3A football Tell us about the local guys here at 3A or even if up on the Grand Strand uh, that you like and uh, what do you expect out of this uh, classification? Well, I think 3A uh, will probably be the most fun to watch this year. It'll be the most competitive. There are some really good teams. You start with Oceanside Collegiate uh, down here in the low country. Uh, Got a lot of players back, a lot of talent. Uh, big offensive line, can run the football. they got a, a really good quarterback that uh, maybe not a major big-time prospect, but just a really good high school quarterback. Can run, can throw, came from Somerville where he put up some big numbers there. Um, you know, defensively, they're, they're going to be solid. they got, they got to they gotta fix some things um, um, that I saw against Fort Dorchester, but I think they will. They, I mean, they're not going to run into many teams with the athletes that Port Dorchester has. So, you know, you kind of you kind of measure that with a grain of salt. It was very good for them to to play them though. That's that's going to help them down the road. Um, you know, when you move out, I think Hanahan is a probably a, a top 10 team in 3A going to be right there. They're going to run the football, probably the best run, best pair of running backs in the state uh, on one team with Josh Shaw and and Kevin Rivera. So, uh as much as they can run the football and control the clock, I think they're going to be, you know, and that's what Art Craig does. He's going to, he's going to bust you and be physical with you and on defense and just try to pound you. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be there. But then when you move, move to other areas of the state, um, you know, uh, Chapman, Daniel, Camden, all those teams are going to be really good. Uh, they're, they're, they're all going to be – Camden lost some guys on offense. They're going to be really good on defense. Uh, but the Sports Report Media Day a couple of weeks ago, they they walked in that K-12 
Carolina uh, indoor facility with some linemen that would have but very much rival Oceanside. I mean, they got some big boys. Uh, I'm, I'm talking 6'5", 300-pounders and such. Um, even got a kid to come out from basketball that's a uh, uh, 6'6", 225-pound defensive end. Never played football, but I'm telling you right now, he looks like Carlos Dunlap. I mean, he, he's a good-looking athlete. They teach him to, you know, hey, when the, when you see the ball move, go get the guy with the ball. I think they're going to be okay. Uh, but Chapman is, is another team that's won a lot over the years. They they do have a, a, a new coach. Uh, Cabinets came in last year, but um, they were very good. Daniel, very good. Uh, defending state champs, got the quarterback back, got Eli Merck back. Um, got a really good group on defense returning, Jaheim Lawson and and the the corner, I can't think of his name, but but he's a really good player. Um, so they got some guys on defense back. So I, I think, you know, when it's all said and done, I think you're going to see uh, a Chapman. Uh, you know, Gilbert could be pretty good. They, their quarterback transferred to Irmo, and he's a really good player. But they got some players back. So, uh, but I I think the Oceanside, Camden, Chapman, uh, Daniel, those those are probably uh, when I do my when I do my top ten for next week, uh, working with the media poll, um, I think there are going to be all those teams are going to be in the top four. So, David, one name, that, one school you didn't mention, and I believe uh, always in that conversation, but they've got a new guy on the sideline. Maybe not new, but new in the title, and Coach Roller, who's been a, a big time guy on the on the show here, uh, as he got the uh, the nod just months ago. He will be the new coach the new head coach on staff. What is your thoughts of Dylan, the new look? They've got a big name on that staff as well, on that roster as well. Do they compete, and, and, and does he kind of keep the train moving? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're not going anywhere. I mean, Dylan, Dylan is a top-five program. They're a top-five team this year. Um, they'll, they'll be in that hunt with, with the Oceanside and the Camdens uh, in the lower state. Nemo Squire is a, is a big-time running back. Uh, Dylan will run the football. They'll, they'll mix in, you know, Roller was the offense coordinator. He likes to throw it some too. So they're going to be really balanced. They're going to be physical on defense. They're going to run. They're going to hit. You know, they're, they're, they're going to really lean on that defense. Um, and, and quite honestly, they don't have a lot of threats in their region. So, you know, if they get through the non-region, I mean, they could be undefeated going into the playoffs. Uh, they're going to be that good. I, I don't think you'll – I don't think you'll see a major drop-off in Dillon with, with the new coach. I, I think, you know, Coach Roller's been around a long time and has been an assistant uh, at Dillon for a long time. He he basically had total control of the offense. Um, coach Hayes in the last several years, you know, would kind of turned it over to him. And I think they were grooming him. You know, they gave him a lot of responsibility within the program, kind of grooming him to be the next head coach uh, and uh, – you know, he almost took a job at Georgetown a couple of years ago, and I think they, they talked him into coming back because they were like, hey, uh, Coach Hayes told him, I'm not going to be here much longer, and, and we'd like you to take over. And, that, and that's what happened, and that's why I think they're just going to be – it's a smooth transition. It's going to keep rolling. It's definitely a big football town. I played against them in my days. They used to be 4A before we had 5A. They had a guy named Stan the Man. Of course, he passed away. Uh, Stan Manning. Yeah. And uh, I still never – I don't – did you ever hear uh, of, you know, what what happened to Stan? I mean, he was a big-time name. I know uh, he was still in the community, man. But when that thing came across, I mean, it, it, it sent shockwaves across many years after he's seen a football field. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, I think he had some health problems, and um, I don't know for sure, but, man, he was a load in high school. That guy, I mean, built low to the ground, extremely powerful legs. Um, I mean, if you tried to tackle that guy in the, below the waist, you were wasting your effort. I mean, he would separate shoulders running through people. So uh, he was a great football player, just a – not a real talkative guy, not not a, you know, just give me the ball and get out of my way. And, you know, he could run, he could run, he could he could catch the ball out of the backfield, but his thing was hand me the ball and, and they get up behind that big offensive line, they usually 300 pounders across the front. And and like I said, Stan kind of get lost in that mix because he's about 5'9 or so, but he was about 200 pounds. And uh, he was built low to the ground and, and he was a hard tackle, there ain't no question. Yeah, no doubt. Of course, uh, that was big news as it came across uh, months ago when he passed away. He did some big things on that football field for sure. Now, let's head over to the 4A as we're hanging out with David Shelton here, going through some of the classifications in the great state of South Carolina. Uh, David, 4A, we don't even have to leave the backyard as we saw one of the best-dressed teams on Sunday, led by their head coach, McCoy. He gets an actual full year to prepare these kids because he came in last year from the state of North Carolina with a lot of restrictions, but boy, they look good on Sunday. I'm expecting big things from uh, the Trojans this year, but boy, that Buford, uh, Hilton Head, some of those other guys, that's a big region just here locally. Yeah, I think Buford's still the team to beat. Um, they're going to be they're going to be very good again. They, they, got a little, they got some questions at linebacker, but they're going to be good up front on both sides. They got a quarterback, some veteran four-year guy, Haley. Um, they're going to they're going to run the football. But Haley's a very good thrower. Um, they got a pretty good receiver out there as well. So I think James Allen will make another. They'll take another step. I don't I don't put them in that class of of state title contender. Um, not yet. Um, they still have some work to do. They've got a they've got a handful of really good athletes, but the depth is still a concern. Um, you know, they're going to win more than they lose, I think. Um, probably be uh, definitely will be a playoff team and maybe can win a game. But uh, not, a, not a top 10 team in 4A in my mind, not yet. Uh, you know, they, they could prove me wrong in November. But, but going in, I, I see them improved. Um, probably one of the more improved teams in the low country. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't see them being a, a – I don't think they're quite ready for prime time. Not, not yet. Getting there, but not yet. Uh, I mean, when you talk about teams like, you know, Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, AC Plor, uh, go to, go to the upstate, Greenville's going to be very good. Rand's going to be very, Rand's going to be really good. Uh, got a quarterback in there and got some receivers. I mean, they're going to, they're going to put some points up at Rand. Um, so when you talk about top contenders, those are, those teams are kind of separated from the, of James Island. Um, and, uh, you know, you got South Point that's always going to be, you know, right there, Ridgeview. Uh, I tell you again, I was at the Sports Report Media Day a couple of weeks ago, and Ridgeview walked in with about ten kids, and I'm telling you, they look the part. They are big up front. Uh, they've got skilled people. Got a really good quarterback. They got a new coach, but he's been there. Uh, you know, he can't. He was there with Perry, and then left to go to Wilson. But but he's back as the head coach, um, and I don't think they're going to miss a beat. And they were really good last year, but I think. Uh, Going long haul, if they can stay healthy, um, I would suspect Ridgeview or Ridgeview is actually five A, I think. But uh, so right, they're going to yeah. be Ridgeview is going to be a very good football team. 
Yeah, I agree with that. We'll talk about Ridgeview here in a minute, too, because I know their coach, Perry Parks, is headed uh, – well, he's in Charlotte now, UNC Charlotte, where he's got a, a new role. But he's left uh, quite the things uh, there for the coach that's taken over. But real quick before we get to 5A, David, what about Greenville? You know, that was another one of those tough regions where they only let two in. And, of course, uh, Greenville was the uh, the third man out, but very well deserved to be in this conversation. What do you expect out of a coach that – you know, we've seen him have a lot of success, not just at Greenville, but across the state. What do you expect out of those guys? Yeah, I I, I think Coach intend for a state title, and I think they do. I think they've got receivers. They've got a quarterback, a three-year starter in Franklin's quarterback. they got some receivers to throw to. Defensively, they got uh, some holes to fill. They lost some really good players, but they got some really good players back, a couple of uh, linebackers and linemen. Um, but I think Coach Porter feels like, you know, it, to me in high school football, and I say this every year on every show I'm on, if if you got a trigger guy, if you got a quarterback, um, you can win more than you lose. And if you've got a really good quarterback and he's got some help, that's where you become a state title contender. And I think Greenville has that. You know, teams like Wren always have a quarterback and they always have receivers, so they make they put so much pressure on the defense. Um, and then they score so many that their defense doesn't have to be great. And I think that's what you're going to see with Greenville. I think they're going to be a team that puts up plenty of points. Wrapping it up with David Shelton. You can find him at the Post and Carrier, the Sports Report, Friday nights with the one and only Phil Cornblue and Bobby Harden right here locally in the great state of South Carolina, right here in Charleston, the big kahuna, as he uh, checks in with him on a regular basis. Now 5A, talking about some points. Uh, talking about some expectations, I spent the, the year last year with this team, and that is Fort Dorchester and Zoltan Osborne. This kid looks great. I, I've seen him get faster. He's throwing the ball with a lot more force. Uh, he looked good on Monday. Uh, a lot of those guys looked good Monday. I saw some uh, very impressive things uh, out of that group as they scrimmaged Oceanside. But uh, Somerville, they're going to get a full uh, year under their new coach uh, after last year coming over, Ian Rafferty. They got, of course uh, – some new turf. Does that help them or hurt them? What does that look like? And uh, we're actually going to get Shane Fiddler in here in, in just a little bit, right after you, matter of fact. He's hanging out with us now waiting. Uh, but uh, what's your thought in uh, 5A football locally and, of course, across the state? Because I think everybody's chasing Dutch Fork at this point. Yeah, I mean, until until somebody beats them in a championship game, it's going to be Dutch Fork. Uh, you know, lay, your, lay the house money on, on the Silver Foxes and Tom Knotts. Uh, although I think there is some, some kinks in the armor this year, but you better get them early. I, I think they're they're a team that gets better as they go, and when they get playoff time, they turn it up a notch. But speaking locally, you know, Fort Fort and Goose Creek and West Ashley are are the top three teams in 5A down here. West Ashley's kind of kind of been a, a quiet giant that's building, and if they can stay healthy, they don't have a lot of depth. Um, their roster's not huge, but if they can stay healthy. Uh, I think I think West Ashley can contend, but but seeing Fort the other day, the, the massive defensive linemen that just fly around and just knock people down, those receivers, you know, they they were pretty good there, and then they got Boots Mitchell from Berkeley, so that added to that thread. And then, like I said, man, when you got a trigger man, uh, uh, and they got one in junior Zoltan Osborne. I mean, he threw some nice balls the other day, and uh, and I just think they're going to be. They're going to be really hard to beat for four quarters. I think they're going to be able to wear on people. 
Uh, offensive line's okay, not great, but 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 good, serviceable. I think they had a couple of guys out the other day, so that wasn't the true unit that you're going to see. Um, I think Goose Creek is offensively going to be as good as anybody in South Carolina, any level. They've got receivers. They've got a quarterback that can throw it. They've got the big-time running back in Demetri Simmons who just, you know, fourth quarter, give me the ball, averaged 28 carries a game last year because he just pounds people. But then when you load up the box, you got to cover those. Kion Smith and James Levine are both 6'3 guys. you got to try to cover them, and the quarterback Moore is a good thrower. Um, they're very solid. Um, I don't know defensively how good they're going to be, but I think early on they may not need to be great defensively. Uh be interesting to see them and Oceanside play next week in week zero. I'm really looking forward to that because I think both teams want to see where they are. They want to me- – this is a great measuring stick for both teams because they're – you know, right. Oceanside will give Goose Creek all kind of looks. They'll give them some fight, um, you know. But, but 5A as a whole, it's the same people. You know, it's the Dutch Forks, the Gaffneys, the Hannas, um, you know, uh, River Bluff who beat Fort Dorchester last year in the playoffs. You know they're they're going to be they're going to be right there in it. Carolina Forest is going to be got some got some guys to replace, but you know they're going to they're going to be fine. Um, but it all starts and ends with Dutch Fork. You, somebody's going to have to prove to me that uh, that they're better than Dutch Fork on that day because once you get to November, they're going to be rolling. Wrapping it up here, David Shelton joining us here for a phenomenal segment as we get you ready for the lights to cut on here in just about a little over a week now as uh, football is here. With that being said, we kind of were talking about this in the studio earlier about what are the, some of the things that you give up during football season? Some people give up getting the haircut. Some people just whatever it is. Is there something on your list that you just kind of, you know, it just kind of goes on the back burner during the season? Yeah, I give up sleep. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Uh, I have not slept much lately, and I got a feeling, you know, I'm gonna be uh, second week of December. I'll be snoring away. But yeah, I give up sleep. I don't. I don't sleep a whole lot. If I get four or five hours, uh, you know, I'm constantly on the computer watching huddle films and and on Twitter talking to fans and and writing, doing my 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 job. Um, but, but, and I will love college football, as you well know. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm constantly watching games and, and so, so yeah, that's, that's what I give up. I don't stop eating. I don't eat well. I eat, <laughs> I eat really crappy, um, because, because that's kind of what you do during football season. I got to be a little more disciplined. I got to, I got to take better care of myself, but, uh, but yeah, sleep is, uh, sleep is, uh, already, uh, cut back a few hours already every night. Well, I tell you what, I think you need to get your own uh, uh, handle where you talk about places you got to eat because I tell you, you do an incredible job taking advantage of your job and eating in some of the best places. Oh, yeah. Not only in the low country, man, you do it around the state. Oh, yeah. I, I um, You know, if there's a barbecue place I haven't eaten at in South Carolina, um, I want to know it because I will go eat. I will go there. Um, I, I will eat barbecue and macaroni and cheese. Um Till I die, basically, and that'll probably be why I die. But but that's okay. <laughs> At least I'll die with a full stomach. Oh man, I love it. We're live, wrapping it up, David Shelton. David, where's game one for you going to be at? Uh, have you have you penciled it in? Or are you saving that for uh, oh, a yeah. later date? Yeah, next next Friday. Next Friday, I'll be at the Citadel. I'm going to watch Oceanside and Goose Creek. Um, I've been I've been I've had that circled on my calendar for 
since May. Um, that that's going to be a great season, week zero game. Um, and then I just look week to week. You know, West Ashley is going to be fun to watch. So I'm going to get them early. Um, and so I'm going to I'm going to get somewhere. I'm going to see Hanahan early. Um, I mean, you know, then we'll mix in and see who's as the season goes. We'll see who's hot. And uh, and there'll be matchups every week that'll be fun to watch. Should be a good time. David, man, I want to say personally, thanks for always letting us be a part of what you do as a, you did this past Sunday as a community. We're grateful to call you a hometown hero for all that you do for all of us here. I know you're on a bunch of different radio shows here in the low country and across the state. And, then again, while we're sleeping, man, you're steady uh, beating up the Internet, man. So appreciate all that hard work. Okay, no problem. Y'all call me anytime. You got it, buddy. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the man with the plan. And I mean it. When it is Friday night lights, you can't miss him. David Shelton with the Post and Courier, the Sports Report, Phil Cornblue, Bobby Harden, and us right here on Southern Sports Central. I know he does some stuff with uh, Jamie and, uh, and his show right down here in the Low Country. Give some love to those guys as well. Anybody that does it the right way, supports it for the kids, man, we're all about backing them as well, guys. Quick break. We got the ball coach. From where? Oh, where we're going back up there to the other side. Yeah, we're heading to the swamp with the swamp foxes. Right back with the one and only. Right after this, guys. Don't go anywhere. Hey, yo. You ready? Let's do it. the utmost reports on sports of all sorts, let's join Richie Altman and Eugene Benton on Southern Sports Central. Aussie intro, the shame train is pulling into the station here from Ashley Ridge, the Swamp Foxes, very own head ball coach Shane Fiddler, as he is a big time supporter of the show. And uh, coach, we're glad to have you a part of our debut of the season 2021. Well, we're going to try to see if we can catch up with coach here in just a little bit. Uh, is uh, Shane Fiddler going to be joining us here in just a little bit? He's the head ball coach from Ashley Ridge, the Swamp Foxes. Uh, with some high expectations, not only from us here at Southern Sports Central, but, Hello? of course, David Shelton. Oh, there we go. Coach, you got us? Coach, we can hear you. Oh, we're going to try to get him to call back in, Eugene. See if you can reach out to him and just tell him to give us a shout right back. Uh, again, he was waiting there for a little bit. And uh, just trying to enjoy the David Shelton interview. David did a great job getting us ready for what's going to be 
uh, a big time, big time year in football around the state of South Carolina. As uh, you're listening to Southern Sports Central, I'm Richie Alvin alongside Eugene Benton here on the other side of the glass. And there he is. Let's see if we can get the head ball coach from Ashley Ridge in here with us. Coach, you you got us? Yeah, technical difficulties. I screwed that up. Oh, man, no. Well, we'll take the blame, Coach. It's all right. You do enough good stuff, man. We'll hit. We'll take that hit, man. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for welcoming us to the school on Saturday. Sun, it was Sunday. It was Sunday yep. for Media Day. You took us around the uh, around the school, showed us a ton of great things, and introduced us to your family, uh, not only your personal family, but your Swamp Fox family, and then let us watch you guys do what you do on Media Day. Yeah, yeah, so – uh, you know, Sunday was a busy day. You know, uh, Mr. Shelton, I'm sure you guys you guys just talked to him, I think. He had Low Country Media Day up at Cane Bay High School, so we were up there. He allowed us to, to go early because we, we had our schedule since April. Uh, you know, we do our team pictures, and local newspaper comes and takes pictures of the kids, and they talk to a few of them, do their articles and such. And he saw you guys up there said, come on down. And glad you guys came, made the kids excited. We're glad you guys are back on the air supporting football, not only in our area, but across the state. Hanging out with the head ball coach from Ashley Ridge, the Swamp Foxes, Coach Fiddler. You get the full season now. You got everything around you. You, You've already done an incredible job with – I don't know if you want to break the news, what we got to see uh, with some of the new swag that you guys are going to be repping on uh, Friday night. But, man, that the makeover at that school looks incredible. You guys, along with your athletic director, who – Coach Suck does a great job over there with you as well. Uh, what, What a great atmosphere you guys have put together. Yeah, we're trying to trying to make this place special. You know, it, it it has every bit of potential. It's got everything's in place. It's just a matter of we've got to go execute it now and and get it done. You know, we got a great principal, Miss Matthews, former coach. You know, she's all in for for our sports being successful. Coach Tucker, who's coached football, basketball, he's done it all, and now he's he's we're trying to push all the chips in, not only to make football successful, but all the sports here. And and you know we're making sure we're branding this place up so the kids, when they walk down the hall, they feel like, man, I'm in a big-time program. Um, you know, we got our locker room done up. You know, we got we, – we, we fundraised this offseason. We got our kids uh, an alternate helmet. We got a card, matte cardinal helmet with some, some uh, gold ridge on the side, you know, all metallic. So we're trying to, trying to make these kids understand that we are a special program and, and they, deserve, they deserve the best just, as, just like other programs get their kids. Hey, that was the old ball coach over there, Shane Fiddler from Ashley Ridge. Swamp Foxes in the house here tonight, virtually. We were over there uh, one-on-one on Sunday. And, Coach, uh, you know, after all the, the, the things that we couldn't do last year, you know, first of all, you guys were doing it the right way, making sure the kids were still distanced and, and, and everybody was masked up when they needed to be and all that good stuff. So I, I do tip my cap to you because this is something that's still around. It's not going away, and if we don't do it the right way, it will affect our future here, but uh, just watching how you put everything together and Eugene and I were talking about that on the way home. And I said to him on the phone, I said, man, look, he, it felt very much like a college atmosphere just by the way that you were running each station, whether it be in the school building or down there on the football field. Tell me a little bit about some of that mindset that you have on putting everything into a game day situation, no matter what it is. Okay. All the other coaches get annoyed how organized I am. You know, our practices, we're scheduled down to the second. You know, we have time clocks running out there, and if the coach ain't at, you know, when that clock strikes zero on that period, they better be 
at the next you know at the next period ready to go so we can uh, stay on schedule and, and get done what we need to get done and you know I don't know how to do it any any different so we made sure, you know, we ran media day the same way hey here's where we need to be at this time here's where we need to be at this time and you know my wife uh, being the cheer coach now she's her and athletic secretary Tammy Johns they're in charge of media day so of course my wife's got the same philosophy. She's got that scheduled down, and, and she gets frustrated when we get off schedule. She was, so she was yelling at me to make sure we stayed on, and then I'm getting on the kids. And, and, you know, but I, uh, the kids appreciate it because you get them in, you get them out, and, and you, know, you make sure it looks good, and, and the, the coaches appreciate that too. It's, it's, you know, it's warm out there. It's picture day. Everyone's already mad. Everyone's, they're always mad on picture day. Every coach listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, we, we try to be as organized as possible. You know, for every one, for every hour uh, of of meeting time, you got to plan for it for two hours. You know, that's the old mm-hmm. saying. But you know, we 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 uh, make sure that's true around here because we want to make sure that everything we do, we do, we do it right and, and and looks right for the kids and and it gets done the way we want it to get done. Hanging out in the swamp with the head football coach of Ashley Ridge, the Swamp Fox's own Shane Fiddler here tonight as we're debuting our 2021. Get the season kicked off here with a guy that supported us all the way in his days at Waccamaw, and here he is now in uh, the Low Country. Very blessed. We've got so many great coaches, and and, and of course you add to that uh, to that five star list, Coach. And uh, I'm very pleased uh, to be a part of what you guys are doing over there. As you guys have opened your arms with me and Eugene and anybody connected to Southern Sports Central, and it means a lot. And not only that, but you're doing it the right way, Coach. And you've seen that all the way from what you guys are doing. And before we talk about your Friday nights coming up, uh, I see it on Saturdays in your youth program, man. These kids are decked out, number one. It looks like Texas football over there, by the way. And uh, just the way that that guy that runs that program, who you and I know well, all the way to all of his coaches. I mean, heck, you just promoted one of their coaches on your staff. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So uh, Gary Birdsong runs our youth program, him and James Pennell. And those guys, they do a, they do a fantastic job of making sure that those kids are – are taken care of and they are in a, a well-run program and, and they're doing everything they can to make sure that those kids are as prepared as they can be when they get to our B team and then, then to our JV and then, and then up to our varsity. Um, you know, they, you know, they, they buy into the philosophy that we got, you know, hunt is our, our acronym, right? You know, uh, hunt, hard work, unselfishness, no excuses, toughness. And you know, we just had to get on our kids. We just got off the practice field when I called you. Uh, and, you know, we had to, remind some of our kids tonight we had a tough practice and very physical and you know remind our kids about being mentally tough and not making excuses for this and that and and those guys down there are buying into that as well and they're instituting that in their their program uh at those levels so that way when those kids come up we ain't got to fight those battles anymore they'll, they'll it'll just be naturally ingrained and they'll be ready to be swamp foxes and go play in december all right, Coach. So now let's talk about the Friday Night Lights. Man, I know the season is uh, – it can't get here fast enough for us, but I know you coaches – is the mindset a little different for you guys? Do you all still want a couple more weeks? Or are we, we're all on the same page here? Well, I'm just trying to make sure we stay healthy day-to-day, minute-by-minute. You know, we you know we got some local programs around here that have been tagged out by, you know, COVID issues and – we all know every coach listening knows, and it could happen to any of our programs at any time. So we just got to make sure that we do the right things. Uh, we brought our district nurse in to talk to our team about you know, good hygiene practice and uh, ways to be smart to try to protect yourself and, and your family and make sure everyone's safe. And you know, we got, you know, just we we brought in other people from 
from the school to come talk to our kids too, you know, principal and media specialists, everything. So we try to give our kids the, the full gamut of, of experience during, during camp so they can meet different people. But the, the nurse one was, was district nurse Amanda Santa Maria. That was, that was special because it made it more real. They weren't hearing it just from their coach or they weren't hearing it just from, you know, uh, the news. They were hearing it from the lady who uh, is in charge of health for our entire district. Hey, look, what these coaches are doing is what we're, we want them to do, and we're trying to make sure that you guys are in the best practice possible so that way we can stay safe. And I tell our kids after, you know, end of every practice, almost every practice, guys, we've got to make smart decisions if you want to have your season. You're one, you know, stupid decision away or one really unlucky decision um, in a lot of ways away from being out for two weeks. That goes with coaches too. Um, you know, we can't, you know, force them to get vaccinated or this, that, and the other. It's really, you know, their choice what they want to do, but we can all make smart decisions every day to make sure we stay safe and try to get this full season in. Hanging out in the swamp with the Swamp Fox's own head football coach at Ashby Ridge, Coach Shane Fiddler with us tonight talking about what's coming up. Eugene, I know you've got a few things. I'm going to let you kind of tune in and, and, and check in with the coach. Yeah, Coach, uh, it's Eugene here. So, you know, you mentioned the culture and everybody buying into the, to the motto and the mantra of Hunt, and that starts at the youth program. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Gary Birdsong and all the way up to what you're doing there. Uh, one one thing we were thinking about when we left the other night was, you know, now you're the, you're the cool guy on the block. You're the you're the popular kid in town. You know, especially with it, out there with the with the uh, Dorchester school. You know, you're 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 what's trending, so to speak. You know, the athletes are coming. We saw the guys. You know, you, you got the guys now with the beard sticking out of the helmets. You got the size. You know, everybody co- everybody says they wish they had some more speed, but you got speed. You got athletes. You got full rosters. You got a heck of a program. You know, what's that like now? Because, you know, it's a new program. Growing up here, I remember when there was only Somerville. And then Fort Dorchester came online, and they were the new kids. And I remember them struggling to get to – to eight wins and seven wins. And then all of a sudden, you know, it got split off again into, into Ashley Ridge and you came into a program and let's face it, you came into the program because somebody before you didn't either get the job done enough to make somebody happy. So they went to find a new coach. You're the new coach. You've been building the program. Now y'all are, you're kind of, like I said, you're, you kind of become the new cool guy in town. You become what's trending where people want to go with it what they like, what they want to see, and what they can see themselves as. You know, how do you take that, you know, which is kind of a feeling, and turn that into success? And, you know, what is that? what do you do long-term to keep it rolling? So it's just not a fad, well, but, you know, it's not something you build for the future. Well, you know, we, we, we love our guys, you know, nonstop. We're, we're trying to make sure we take care of our guys here at Asher Ridge and make sure they feel valued in our program and but we hold them accountable as well. You know, we recruit those hallways like crazy. You know, last year, you know, obviously it was a COVID year, so the numbers could have fluctuated, but we had, I think, 108 guys when we started the, our first practice between varsity and JV. This year we had 144. Now, we've whittled that down. You guys know how camp goes. Um, and we hold them accountable. If they ain't going to do what we ask them to do, we, we, we clean our locker out for them because, you know, there are certain standards that you got to meet to play in our program. But we also want to make sure that our kids uh, are taken care of you know, we want them to make sure they look good, feel good, play good too, you know. But um, that's not all our program's about. You know, we, we want to hold kids accountable uh, on the football field. We hold them accountable in the weight room. You know, B.J. Belch and Joe Hoff do an amazing job in that weight room. The, the numbers that jump in our maxes and our, 
uh, our times from last summer to this summer are, are fantastic, and I and I've known for years that that those are the things they've done here in, in that weight room, and I know that's a a great place to to develop our kids. We also make sure we hold them accountable in the classroom. You know, we started teacher work week this week, and you know, I've had plenty of conversations with teachers already about kids, like, hey, what can I do to help them make sure they stay successful in your class? And, you know, I'll, I'll do everything I can to hold them accountable. Um, you just make sure you stay on them and, and keep them straight for me because we want to keep them eligible and keep them on that field. Hanging out here at, well, 851 now with the head ball coach from Ashy Ridge at the Swamp Fox's own, Coach Shane Fiddler. Coach, I got a chance to talk to your uh, one of your strength and conditioning coaches, who I know pretty well, and that's B.J. Bellish. He's also the baseball coach again over there, and I'm excited about all of that. Uh, but, again, strength and conditioning, it's what you're doing in that weight room that carries on to any field, whether it be baseball, football, basketball, doesn't matter. This year, a lot different than last year, right, Coach? You guys had them there on, in the facilities. You had them, you know, checking in, doing what they normally do, if the normal is the right word here. But – it also plays a factor in, in keeping that immune system in check, right? Because we know that they're staying in shape and that helps all the way across the board. Tell us about the excitement in the weight room, as you mentioned to that uh, to us on Sunday. Yeah. Um, these kids get fired up about lifting weights. I, you know, I've uh, been a few schools now and, and we kind of had to trick those kids in the wanting to like weightlifting at, at walk and And by the end there, they, they really liked it. I know coach Johnson up there has, has kept that going. Uh, down here, we didn't have to trick them. My, I, I know I've told this story before, but got the job about a, a week before the world shut down last March, and that first I got the job Thursday. That Monday, I'm at the school watching workouts, and there are kids working out so hard on a random Monday in March, they're throwing up in the middle of the weight room. They love it. Um, they they love working out. They they challenge each other. Coach Belch, Coach Hoff do an awesome job of of making sure the kids are put in the right situations to, and they um, do different exercises and, and, and different uh, training programs to, to build them up, to build, build their confidence and to build their, their actual strength and make sure they're, they're in great shape to, to play football uh, at the 5A level in our, in our region, which I think is the toughest in the state. Um, but they, you know, they do an amazing job with that. And, and, you know, I don't know about the immune system and all that. We like to think that that helps, but I'm no, I'm no doctor. Uh, so I can't, you know, tell you one way or the other, but you know, we like to know that when we're working out and our kids are, are getting in shape and everything, they just have a, a good, healthy body and, and they, will be, you know, have more confidence when they go out there on the football field. Wrapping it up here with the head football coach over at Ashy Ridge, the Swamp Fox is in the house here tonight as we kick off the season show here on Southern Sports Central with the head coach, Shane Fiddler, big-time supporter of our show. And, Shane, Coach, uh, we, we appreciate everything that you do for our show, but what you do in our community as uh, you're becoming a household name in a lot of places. I'm seeing a lot of changes over there uh, that you have a lot of things to do with that. So that's exciting. But uh, as we get ready for this season, the other thing that's going to be coming back is the showdown, right? You guys are going to be uh, getting that together next Friday. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It'll be my first experience with the showdown, you know, up in that Myrtle Beach area, I've always participated in the Conway Kickoff Classic, which is an amazing event. They do it at Coastal now. I'm really looking forward to this showdown. You know, the other schools in our district, which are, you know, obviously very traditionally powerful programs, you know, the history of Somerville and the recent history of Fort Dorchester, obviously, you know, had been around for, you know, but, what, 25 years now, 30 years. And, and then, you know, obviously Woodland, which is one of the premier uh, smaller schools in the state, 
Um, so it, it, that's a great night of football. A JV will go first, and then and then our varsity goes later on in the evening. And just you know, we get to play a quarter. I, get, I think we're playing uh, Woodland, and then we're playing Somerville. So that'll be that's going to be great football. And uh, you know, it's, it's the building of a community um, of here in Dorchester County, uh, and also it's it's a great chance for our kids who. You know, we our middle schools split between the high schools here. You know, we I think we pull kids from four middle schools at Asher Ridge, and each one of those split with another high school. Um, so our kids know all the other kids from the other teams because they might have played middle school middle school ball with them, or or Sertoma rec ball, or you know travel football. So they all know each other, and and that's just a uh, that's going to be a cool night of, of football and community and a chance to get one final preparation before we go into the season, get ready for Colton County and come here to the Swamp on August 27th. Now, of course, that's going to be next Friday night. Is that correct, Coach? Yep, yep. And uh, that's going to be next – That's going. To, yeah, the showdown's the 20th. We have one more scrimmage. We actually were supposed to scrimmage a team, and they got COVIDed out. So we're actually going to be going to uh, new we, – we, we called us in Malden High School up in the upstate. We got together. And we're going to scrimmage on Friday at 5:30 at Newberry College. They're opening their doors for our kids and, and the Molden kids to play on, in their stadium on their turf. So we'll be able to get a good scrimmage, a great opponent from the Upstate, and uh, and that'd be a, a, a good chance to prepare uh, again. And then when we go into the showdown next week, that's our last chance to prepare before we get into the regular season. Man, that's awesome. I'd love to see you guys going to the upstate, going against the Mavericks of Malden uh, and meeting halfway there, I guess you could say, over at Newberry. Uh, now, this weekend, Coach, uh, educate me here. Isn't there something big going on at Ashy Ridge? Is, is, is that where they're holding uh, some of the uh, the B teams or, or if you would, the, the some of the other teams that are around the low country? So, um, Saturday we're hosting our JV uh, Jamboree this Saturday. Next weekend we're hosting our B team Jamboree on the 21st. Uh, B teams middle school uh, here in here, here in the Charleston area, uh, but this weekend we got JV Jamboree, we got Fort Dorchester, Lucy Beckham, Somerville, uh, Ridgeland, Hardyville, and, and Ashley Ridge will be all playing, you know, either a quarter or half against each other, and that'll be Saturday morning here. While that's going on, on the, in the stadium, in the track field, you're going to have our Youth Swamp Foxes, our Ashley Ridge Youth Swamp Foxes. They're going to be taking on the Phillips Simmons Youth Iron Horses, the Little Bendigs. They're going to be going at it in our on our track field uh, at the same time, and uh, you know, and we're doing uh, two for the price or yeah, two for the price of one. So you can get you can come in and come watch your your older son play, you know, JV or whatever, and then or, and then you can slide over and watch some youth Swamp Fox football too at the same time. So um, yeah. good day of football out here at Asher Ridge on Saturday. We're looking forward to having. All those teams in. Main thing is we gotta make sure we stay safe, so that way when we leave, you know, we don't have no issues, and we can keep going forward in what we got to do. Well, coach, I can't wait. I'm gonna make my way, and uh, Eugene, we'll be over there on Saturday, so hopefully we'll see you and Win and and the misses over there. But uh, man, I tell you what, we are so thankful for uh, to have you here in the Low Country. You and and uh, they say you're better half, right? And the little man, uh, Eugene. I know you had one hey. more thing. You're, you're yep. Not only better half, but she's going around, now she's coaching cheer again. She's going around telling people she's the real coach fiddler. So <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Hey, you got to, hey, coach, that's not bad company to be in. I can tell you that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Eugene, what you got for coach? Yeah, coach, uh, one thing that you know, kind of came up to us today, we were kind of sitting around talking football and getting ready for the season. And uh, 
So, you know, we're thinking about, you know, something that you give up or just don't have time to do. I noticed that I always get my hair cut for picture day. And then it's about October, maybe even November before I make it back to the barbershop. And sometimes, you know, I forget that razor as well. You know, we talked to Dave Shelton. He said the biggest thing he goes without this time of year is sleep. Uh, and, and it eats a little differently. Uh, what, what, what's it like for you, man? What's that one thing that this time of year kind of gets uh, thrown off to the wayside there as uh, your concentration turns into seven days a week, football and kids? Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's family time. You know, those days after school, we, you know, our kid goes to bed early, our, our one and a, you know, one and a half year old almost, you know, uh, we've got to figure out a way to, Every morning I make sure I wake up with him and I take him to, to his, you know, uh, daycare so that way I can get some time with him because, you know, we got practice and everything and he's asleep before I get home. So, unfortunately, that, gets, that has to get uh, cut a little bit and, and, that's, and that sucks, but that's just part of the gig and, and you know, find ways to, to make time in the morning to spend with him and, and, and time on the weekends to spend with, you know, not only him but, you know, my wife as well and, and, you know, and just have the, those great family experiences because you only get them once. So we got to make sure we take every waking moment that we can to, to spend with our families, even though we got a job to do. we got to make sure that's done, too. Um, and, you know, we have to sacrifice a little bit of it during the season. So we've got to make sure on the weekends and, and in the mornings we take advantage of it. All right, Coach, before I get you out of here, I, I just want to get uh, just a couple highlights from you. You've been in practice here. It, it's been a pretty good, I would imagine, camp for you guys, but I know you've noticed some pretty big names. I was introduced to your quarterback, a uh, very impressive young man. Uh, looking forward to watching him ball out. But uh, before we let you out of here, who are we looking for and, and what names do I need to write down to keep an eye on? Yeah, you're talking about the quarterback, Xavier Proctor Floyd. You know, he's at a – He's had a, a good camp. You know, he's coming up from the JV, so, you know, he doesn't have that varsity experience yet. But, you know, we're going to throw him into the fire and, and get his feet wet and, and get him rolling. Uh, also offensively, running back Cordell Gaston, you got to watch out for him. He, he's really impressed during camp and his offseason transformation of, of his speed and his body. He's ready to carry the load for us. You know, Farouk Eddy on the offensive line, our right tackle, he's a, he's a vocal and – lead by example guy up front for us and for an offensive line that returns a lot of experience, a lot of uh, snaps from, from previous seasons. Uh, defensively, you know, it starts at linebacker. I, you know, I think they had a big thing in the post and career today about our linebacker unit being one of the better ones in the state, you know, with TJ Wilson, obviously uh, returning junior, he's going to be his third year as a starter. You know, he's a captain for us and, you know, he'll eclipse the 200 tackle mark this year. You know, Christian Garland's had an amazing offseason. He's getting on the radar of a lot of people, 6'3", 220, chiseled out of stone, can run. You know, he's a 4'5 kid. He's, he's had an awesome, awesome offseason, awesome camp. He's a great wrestler as well. And then we got a, a kid moving from Virginia named Alex Ledford, um, and he, he's really been impressive so far in camp and, and the first scrimmage. So we're excited to see what those guys do. And then, of course, on the at nose tackle, Nick Downing. You know, he's, he was an all-region player last year, and, we expect that kind of production from him again this year, and um, he's 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 done a good job so far. And you know he's an he's a 580-pound squatter, <laughs> so you know we expect he'll he'll make a big impact for us. And then of course Eugene would be mad at me if I didn't uh, talk about our kicker punter Will McCune, who has gotten unbelievable college interest all off season um, from schools that uh, that you'll see playing uh, on New Year's Day and beyond, and. You know, he's trying to figure out what he's going to do going forward, but he's a 
you know, excellent punter, kickoff guy, field goal kicker. He does, he does it all. And not only that, he's a respected leader in our locker room. You know, he's in the top ten on our bench board. And I know people out there are leaning kickers in the top ten. He's six two two ten, and he and he loves to lift weights. He ain't your average kicker. Um, and he's got all the kids' respect and, and, and love and admiration in that locker room. And they trust him, and, and he trusts them. So th- those are the kids uh, right now you got to look out for. And I know uh, as we finish up camp here in the next week or so and get through the next two, uh, the scrimmage and the jamboree, and, and the season gets started, plenty more names will pop up. We're just looking forward to having a uh, taking steps forward this season. You know, obviously, you know, we're going to face adversity. How we handle that adversity is going to be the key to our success. Well, I can tell you one thing. This team is led by a great leader in the one and only Shane Fiddler. He's the head football coach, Ashley Ridge, and the Swamp Foxes are getting ready as uh, just a few weeks away from a season. And, of course, as he said, they will be heading up to Newberry uh, to meet halfway uh, against the Mavericks of Malden in a scrimmage. And then, of course, the showdown is going to be happening a week later. But this Saturday, they're going to be hosting the JV uh, Jamboree. You want to get out there and check it out. Great talent. See the kids that are going to ball out on Thursday night before they make it to that Friday night lights. And who knows? Some of these kids may make their way to Friday night. But, Coach, I took you away from the family long enough. I want to get you back to her so she allows me to get you back over here with us uh, here real soon. Yeah. But thank you again for the support and uh, wishing you and all of Swamp Fox Nation uh, the best of luck this year. All right. We appreciate you having us on. And we're glad you guys are back on the air. And we look forward to seeing you guys all fall and, and, and throughout. You got it, Coach. God bless. Take care. We'll see you next time. Yep. Go Foxes. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The man with the plan. I tell you what, always, always, always good to have him on here. As uh, he's supported us from Walkamon. Now he's down here in the Low Country. And that, of course, is Ashley Ridge, the Swamp Foxes head football coach, Shane Fiddler. Uh, Now, quick break because the bus is leaving Somerville, the backside of Somerville, if you will, heading out there to C.E. Murray with the one and only Coach Smitty, what show would not be a show to kick off without a guy like Coach Smitty to join us? And I'm actually going to get a chance to see him here uh, in a few weeks. That's going to be fun. We'll talk about that with him right after a very, very short break, guys. Hour number three, the final hour, right after this. Just a bit of a break from the norm Just a little something to break the monotony Of all that hardcore dance That has gotten to be a little bit out of control It's cool to dance, but what about a groove That soothes the move romance Give me a soft, subtle mix And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it And think of the summers of the past Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast Pop in my CD and let me run around And put your... Welcome to Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. 
right, everybody, hour three. We've made it to and we're adding the third hour here on Southern Sports Central. I'm Richie Auburn, alongside Eugene Benton, and the Stone Cold theme is for the one and only from C.E. Murray, Coach Smitty. What's up, Coach? Hey, guys, I don't I don't know if I feel like Stone Cold or if I'm more of a Mick Foley tonight after that uh, practice and heat we had tonight. So uh, I feel a little beat up right now. <laughs> Oh, man, you got Mr. Was it a Socko or something like that that Mick Foley used to have a Socko right. in his hand or I something? Feel like, I feel like Socko is <laughs> going down my throat. Man, it's so good to get you back in here with us, man. I tell you, you know, the show wouldn't be the same without you. We talk about getting the band back together, and I looked at Eugene, and I said, well, you know, we've got our list put together, but I wanted to make sure that you were in here with us along with Coach Fiddler, who, uh, you know, he did a great job in uh, his media day. And I know you've invited us, man. And with all the, you know, different things, we weren't able to do that this past year, but we're going to see you this year. Uh, we're excited about that as you're going to be coming to the low country. But before we talk football coming up, let's talk about what we've been through in the last few weeks as camp's been kind of getting underway and uh, the season is around the corner, but how has things been since we've gotten back up under the helmets? Right. Uh, well, you know, we've, uh, slowly getting there uh it's been a process obviously i'm sure i've seen tape on a lot of teams across the state i think that's kind of the feeling everywhere you could tell our guys you know missed out on a lot of work last year you can tell uh there's a lot of teams still struggling to uh get back to the numbers we had pre-covid um, and, and we're one of those. We're not immune to those problems at all. Uh, we ha- we do have some talent, but we're uh, depth-wise not where we need to be. And, and, and also skill-wise, you know, we're, we're still a work in progress for, for sure. Hanging out with the one and only Coach Smitty, C.E. Murray, ready to get it on, of course, Friday Night Lights around the corner. Uh, Coach, uh, what does it look like? Starting this weekend, scrimmages. Have you guys had any of those? Uh, what's coming up? So, and uh, uh, what is the season? Right. We have not. We play in a jamboree this Friday. If all goes according to plan, we'll play Friday versus Georgetown and uh, Hannah Pampico quarter against each of them because we had a, a, a Timberlands now on COVID protocol, so they had to pull out from the jamboree. So, um, you know, that, that's scheduled for Friday night, and uh, that'll be our first kind of test versus another team and then next Friday we're scheduled to play King Street at our place for the, our first game of the season and uh, try to get the season kicked off. Yeah now this season is a lot different already than it was last year. We know everything we we kind of uh, you know we, we revisit it uh, from time to time but uh, you, you like I asked Coach Fiddler just moments ago Coach uh, this year you guys have uh, been able to have some some strength and conditioning there at the school and, and have some different things that we didn't have last year. Have the kids kind of, uh, have you used the whole, Hey, you know what it's like not to have it. Make sure you take advantage of the opportunities this year because we're not guaranteed day after day. Right. Right. So, we, you know, and we, you know, we've discussed that and, and now recently we've discussed that even more because obviously this, Delta variant is running rampant, and I think we might have put the cart before the horse, and I hope that's not the case. I'm praying every night that's not the case, but, it, you know, I always get my advice from the top epidemiologist in the state, Dr. Linda Bell, and when she's alarmed, I start getting alarmed, and um, she came out today with, with a very 
um, kind of strict guidance of, of what we should be doing, shouldn't be doing, and, and what we need to be doing to make sure we don't go backwards and we're able to go forward. And I, I hope that's the case. I hope people will listen to her and, and, and take that advice and so we can get back to somewhat normalcy because, again, yeah, we can preach that to the kids all we want, um, but at, at some point the adults in the room have to start doing the right things too. And, um, you know, ho- hopefully that starts to take place uh, because, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing that COVID clock ticking, that COVID clock's getting bigger and bigger every day. I thought – I think five more teams today got placed on COVID protocol across the state. So that's, you know, that's not a good path that we're heading down. We're actually way behind that aspect from where we were a year ago. We didn't have as many teams uh, on COVID protocol as we do now. Hey, now, Coach Smitty from C.E. Murray. Now, Coach, let me ask you this, because I know you have a lot of conversations. Uh, I, I'm kind of again. I, I'm a, I am a fan of uh, the high school league coach, uh, or, or excuse me, Commissioner Singleton has been on the show, and uh, I know they're trying to do the best they can with without uh, having that crystal ball and all. But I kind of was hoping. I was hoping that we were going to start uh, the the season with the region games first, right? Let me get your well, thoughts on that. Well, Having the region games first. Right. Our region and um, other regions in 1A decided to push our region games first. So we actually redid our whole schedule um, a day ago. So our region games are now going to start week three and they'll end uh, week seven for our region. Um, And we did that obviously because the high school league's guidance was if you get COVID, you got to forfeit. And that's not a good formula for the kids then you're getting teams who don't necessarily shouldn't have necessarily made the playoffs and all that gets into a factor. So now we've got some built-in weeks um, where we could actually make up games if we have to, to make sure we play a fair region schedule. So um, we moved ours up, like I said, um, to week three, um, keeping in mind that, that this thing, you know, right now is out of control, and um, we, we, we need something in there. And, you know, in a perfect world, you would like the high school league to step up and um, make a uniform rule so we didn't all have to make separate rules. Um, that that would make sense in some sorts, but I'm not, you know, Commissioner Singleton. I don't know who's pressuring him, who's not pressuring him, so I can't, you know, comment on why, why they're not making the decision i'm sure there's some political pressure involved um so you know we can't can't fault i guess them for it but i wish you know i I just wish it was uniform that we could um move up and and get these region games played again so so we will have a normal you know hopefully a, a normal type playoff and and we don't get in a situation like we did with oceanside a year ago where, where they're done so Right. Um, you don't want an undefeated team not able to play in the playoffs. Yeah, that, I mean, that that's all great points, Coach Smitty, live with us here from C.E. Murray. Is, uh, we're always excited to have the coach in here uh, with us. Uh, we've actually got a chance uh, in the last couple of years to put him here on the family. He's part of the staff here in certain ways, and I can't tell you how many times, Coach, I have always enjoyed our friendship on and off the air. And, uh, again, my heart goes out to these kids because – uh, you know, it, it falls on the parents. And we said this earlier. If you were listening earlier, we kind of went on a rant, if you will. Um, we're still trying to think of, a, 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 I guess, a, a 
sponsor for that for that segment because it's going to happen, I think, every Wednesday where we take 15 minutes to kind of rant about whatever's the hot topic. And this one was, you know, staying in your lane where, you know, players play and, you know, they need to just come and worry about what their job is. And then the coaches, well, they, they're they there to coach. They're not there to be the parent. They're there to be the coach, the mentor, and hold them accountable. But at the end of the day, it falls on these parents. You know, how, how big is it for these parents right now that they have got to step up and for these kids to understand, it takes one decision. It's not always a bad decision in the big scheme of things, or it could be, but just going out after a football game or going out right. and doing something that is careless could be end up becoming reckless. Right. Well, again, as adults, we got to be the role models. We can't be out in large groups and, um, you know, without a mask and all this stuff and, and not vaccinated and, um, and then tell the kids they got to do it. Um, you know, we were teenagers once, and when a person who advised us we knew wasn't doing the right thing, we wouldn't listen to them. And these kids are no different. If, you, if you're doing the wrong thing, they're not going to listen to you. So as adults, we got to be the ones doing the right things. And uh, unfortunately, I'm seeing a lot of adults doing the wrong things. They say they want to get back to normal, but I don't I don't see it. I see them doing the wrong things, and I see them um, actually promoting to kids to do the wrong things. And and that leads to where we're at now, where, you know, I, I believe today's number is, what, 30 to 33 teams on COVID protocol across the state. That that's not that's not a good formula. I mean, now those kids are all two weeks behind everybody else. So now we're going through the same things we've been through a year ago because people won't do right. And and it's mostly the adults. Like I said, the kids will fall through if the adults do it. Yeah, I agree with you. And I and I and I will echo what you said there because again, we know what it's like not to have, right? We know the consequences. We have learned to take yep. advantage of things in front of us today and control the controllables. So start doing that. If it takes getting shots again, uh, if I'm a football player and I'm at this age and this is my senior year, my freshman year or anything in between, I'm going to get the shot because it's been known documented that if they have the shot, then they get to keep moving. They get to keep coming. They get to keep being a part of what's happening. Had they not, if not, that's the case. It's a whole different situation, right coach? Correct. So, you know, obviously, uh, and we're lucky that most of my guys, I think we're, we're really close to 100% vaccinated on our team. Um, so, uh, but that's obviously, you know, something that more and more parents and kids need to have a conversation about. If you truly want what's normal, you truly want to stay in the game, you know, that that's something that, that you need to do. You need to get vaccinated or, or, you need to follow all the guidelines, which is don't get in large groups, wear a mask when you're in close quarters, all that stuff. But, again, um, the problem is there's too many adults spreading misinformation and lies, and now we're, you know, we're kind of getting back to, <laughs> unfortunately, getting back to where we shouldn't be. And and that hurts the kids. It hurts. It ultimately hurts. And, and I don't understand that. I don't understand um the adults, I, I, I don't understand this whole I'm not getting vaccinated crowd anymore when they already had 12 vaccinations in their life. I don't understand that, even though I know I realize it is a personal choice. But, um, you know, it, it's 
you're not helping the situation um, at all. Now, I can see if you had a medical condition that caused you not able to get the vaccine, that's another story. Um, but we know there's a large population, especially in our state, who spread misinformation, they spread lies, and they spread this belief that this is a hoax of some sort. When we had today, we've reached the 10,000 death mark, and, and, and that that's unacceptable. And hopefully, like I said, some adults will, will start smartening up so we can get back to normalcy of somewhat. Right. And, um, and these kids won't suffer anymore. And right. Well, I mean, the big picture of things before uh, and we're going to get into your schedule here in just a minute because you are actually, even though you got your region games in check, there's a special trip for not only your kids but for you, uh, my, my friend, that uh, we're going to get into in a minute. But, you know, here's the thing. Uh, again, it's hard enough to get scholarships. So we have got to make sure that we're putting our kids – that's our job as parents, to put our kids in the best position to be successful. And parents, let's be parents. Let's do what parents do and parent our kids through whatever it needs to be done so that you can give them the opportunity. Again, you know, uh, we've seen other sides of it, but we'll keep our, uh, you know, hopefully our our hands together in prayer and we'll keep pushing this thing through. Now, Coach, let's talk a little football now. Let's talk about your boys up there at C.E. Murray. You got some big dogs over there. And no surprise to me, uh, a lot of attention as uh, you guys are putting it together. So, Tell me about some of the big names that I need to keep an eye on as uh, the season starts here in a couple weeks. Right. Well, you know, we, we do have some talented players. Again, depth's a problem for us. Um, we probably have our lowest numbers ever um, as an organization. But um, some of the guys that you need, you know, senior-wise, Tyree Prunes and uh, Quayshay Gamble are two guys uh, – that are team leaders for sure. Uh, Tyree Prunes is a quarterback, de- defensive back, and uh, Quayshay Gamble, a defensive lineman, an offensive lineman. Uh, and then Malachi Rouse is another senior who is extremely talented, plays cornerback and uh, wide receiver for us. So uh, those three guys right there are uh, a core group that's senior leaders. And uh, then, then we get into our – junior class and, and that's probably our, our most talented class overall um some really 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 talented guys uh nicholas brown who was all state a year ago as a sophomore plays outside linebacker and, and also plays um wide receiver tight end on offense and then uh amon myers is another two-way guy d-back uh wide receiver athlete kid um, so he, he's super talented as well. And then Henry Evans, a big six four wide receiver safety. Um, so um, all those guys are very talented. And then Taylor Wilson is another guy who's an O-lineman, D-line, D-lineman that has played the past three years and will now be a junior this year. And we expect big things out of him as well. Um, and then we got a newcomer. Um, last year we had Notorious Grant. It was his first year and he tore it up and made all state and rushed for over a thousand yards in the little bit of games we had. Well, now his brother has decided to play football and he'll start at linebacker and, and running back for us as well. Quantarius Grant. Um, so uh, all those guys are, you know, extremely talented and, and we look forward to play, playing and, and playing the season with them and seeing, you know, what they can do on the field. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to build enough, to allow them to stay fresh for our whole game. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree. Now, Coach, 
building up to this one, and you and I, of course, have talked about this off the air, and, uh, of course, I know Eugene's excited about it as well, but uh, you're making that road trip to Oceanside. You're uh, actually coming yeah. to a place that you know so well, and that, of course, being the game between you and, and a former teammate of yours, Joe Call, and uh, a, a matchup where you guys at one time were teammates. Now you guys are going to be going against each other, and I'm sure will be a headline for many of those uh, over at the Citadel. Right, right. So that's going to be a fun night. Uh, when Joe called me, I said, absolutely, you know, let's do it. You know, it, it's fun for our kids. Our kids get to play in a big stadium, experience that. Uh, obviously, Oceanside's a, a fantastic team. Um, they're they're very good. And, um, you know, we look forward to, you know, trying to match up with them the best we can. And, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be a great night. So we, we look forward to that one for sure. Um, you know, you don't get to do that often, um, and, you know, playing up in classification. So it, it gives our guys a, a lot of, you know, it gives them something to look forward to. You know, it, it, it's almost like a mini state championship um, type game because, you know, you, you're never probably going to play anybody um, as good as Oceanside on your schedule. So, um, you know, that, that's a definite big challenge for us. Well, we can't wait, Coach. Uh, I'll be seeing you at that game, uh, and I can't wait to catch up with you uh, down on the field, of course, as you guys uh, overseeing Murray. Got a big task ahead of you. And actually, uh, uh, we had David Shelton on here with us earlier, and he was speaking pretty high about your program, too, talking about, hey, you guys could be a team to keep an eye on because you guys, of course, have a lot of things uh, to bring to the table this year. Yeah, like I said, we're, we're extremely talented, but in order to make a run, we're going to have to build our depth up and, and, and you know, get some more guys involved um, in order to, to make a run because, uh, you know, you can be as talented as you want to be. If you don't have depth, those guys get worn out pretty fast and you start running out of guys about midseason. So we're, we're trying to solve that now. Hopefully uh, – we're working towards that. And, you know, like I tell my team all the time, we want to be good when it hits late October. We don't want to peak too early, and we want to be playing our best football in late October. All right, Coach, uh, before we get you out of here, as we're hanging out on the virtual tour over at C.E. Murray with Coach Smitty, big-time supporter and guest here on the show, is uh, looking forward to catching up with him down here in the low country in a few weeks. But, Coach, we've asked this question. This is kind of our ongoing question tonight on the show is you're giving up something throughout the season. Uh, you, you forget to do it or it's just something that goes on the back burner. What is it on your list of things that sometimes it just kind of gets overlooked during the football season? Well, my yard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, my yard right now is not looking too hot. So uh, that obviously um, – has the back burner for sure. And uh, my wife gets on me about it. And uh, I try to do my best during the season, but it's real hard to keep up with, uh, you know, the yard at this time of year. So uh, I'll get back after it when the season ends. <laughs> That's definitely something that uh, I'm sure a lot of coaches struggle with. 
Now, of course, uh, you're also the athletic director, so you actually don't get a season uh, that ends, by the way. But I'll give you some credit on that yard, and I'll hold you accountable with the misses come December. I'll make sure that uh, you hold your word, because this is, of course, uh, something she can go back and listen to as well. Uh, Coach, we'll look forward to catching up with you again throughout the entire season. Please wish everybody in the C.E. Murray family from the field to the stands uh, the best of luck this year. And I can't wait to get some of your guys on here in the next couple of weeks. Gotcha. We appreciate it. We can, uh, uh, like I said, we can't wait to see you guys down at the You got it, Coach. God bless. Take care. We'll see you soon, buddy. Thanks Take again. Care. Yes, sir. There you go, guys. We check out of C.E. Murray is the legendary Coach Smitty. I tell you what, he and I and Eugene and a bunch of us uh, from Southern Sports Central all the way over to the uh, the high school blitz, we put them, uh, together this junior bowl up in Columbia and uh, gave us a chance to get to know a lot of coaches on different levels. And, uh, you know, uh, Coach Smitty saw this young man that had a Bills uh, headgear on, and he took a picture with the kid. And I think the kid was excited, but I'll be honest with you, Gene, I think Coach Smitty was just as excited about taking the picture with the kid, too. Yeah, that's very, that's very true. You know, guys would come into the lobby, we'd get them checked in, and he'd look over at me, and, and you know, we are sitting on those couches. Shoot you, I, him, and actually Shane, Coach Fiddler. Yeah, we were we were in the lobby. Um, Three o'clock in the morning. We had a couple guys that had uh, basketball games in the upstate. Jaleel Skinner was one of them, and so we sat there in the lobby waiting for these guys, and we talked to them, get pictures taken with them, and you know he's a guy, Coach Smitty. Even he mentioned the Oceanside kids, kids right. that he's playing against, coaching against. He had on that team, and he's actually done a, a good bit to help these kids in recruiting and reach out to coaches he knew. Because again, he's just a great dude who. His priority is, you know, obviously his kids there, C.E. Murray and his family, but any kid he's ever coached, right. once you get to know him, uh, you really get to see that, and that's what's in his heart and his character, and he just loves kids, and anything he can do to help a kid, he's definitely that guy that, you know, will always go his way to do it. Yeah, he's definitely a father figure kind of coach, uh, you know, and, and I got to give him credit for a lot of things. He drives the bus, rides on the bus, he's fed him during the COVID situation. He's very passionate, okay? Don't hate him for his passion on what he feels. And, and again, no doubt. that's the cool part about where we live. You have a right to say what you say and believe what you believe. And at the end of the day, he is a guy who sees the kids on the other side when their season ends because of things out of his control. And as a coach, they, they, they like to have control. That's why they're the head coach. And you can't control certain things. That doesn't mean it doesn't affect your emotions, though. And, again, uh, I'm always glad to get him in here with us. Quick break, guys. Come back. We'll open up the phone lines. If you want to call in, hang out with us uh, for the last uh, 27 minutes, uh, that'd be great. We have a few things we want to catch up with you on. And, of course, uh, you can bring anything to the table here tonight as well. But some of the new rules in South Carolina high school football, some things you cannot do. I don't agree with all of it, but I understand some of it. And then, of course, that new NIL and how it changes things. And we've seen some things that could affect high school athletes. We'll talk about that and much more. Call in and join us, 323-784-9681. Follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and get on over there on Twitter at SO Sports Central where we are screaming right now with any of the quotes from tonight's interviews as Eugene does a great job on the other side of the glass, guys. Talk about getting in a routine. One of the great ones himself, Eric Thomas, he's going to get you set up as we get into the next segment, guys. Okay, let me say it this way. They looked at the most successful men and women of the world, and they found that they had like seven, eight things in common. And one of the things they all had in common was a routine. 
They are obsessed with their routine. They don't have a gap of wasted time in their routine. You know, I realized the reason why I'm so successful and the reason why I don't get in trouble like I used to when I was younger is because when I was younger, man, my schedule had so many gaps in it. The devil had like, okay, he might pray at 6, but my man is watching TV. He's playing video games by 8.30. It's not that I'm sweeter than nobody. The devil can't get to me because all my time is taken up, and by the time he gets to me, I'm asleep. I'm too sleep to, t- out to sin. I'm just being real. 8.30, he's like, Eric, you should. I'm like, bro, I'm tired. I get, come back to me tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, tip me tomorrow, bro. I'm about to go to sleep. I'm good. I don't have, I'm, I'm just tired right now. He's like, but no, you want to? I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'm tired. But let's try tomorrow morning. Right? And I'm being real. I get up at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm sure he's there like, I'm 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm sure he's there like, yo, E, go back to sleep. Listen to me. I promise y'all. I got up the other day. I got up the other day like at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I woke up and I was just walking around like, I was like, I'm so tired. I heard the devil say, go back to sleep. I was like, yeah, you're right. I should go back to sleep. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie. So I was like, bro, you wanted something. <laughs> He's like, why are you getting up this early? You already number one in the world. You already number one in the world, E. You already doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like, E, you've been grinding. Up. Just go ahead, it's three. And my body said, yo, E, what, what would you go back to sleep for? I said, I'm tired. My body said, you're not tired. I said, well, why would you say I'm not tired? He said, because you woke up without an alarm clock. You woke yourself up. So if you were tired, your body wouldn't let you get up. If you were tired, your body would make you sleep to six. You got up. It's three. No, what you don't want to do is the grind, but you're up. So do me a favor, Eric. You don't even have to do anything. You don't even have to work. You've been getting up at three so early in the morning. Don't even worry about it. Just put your shoes on, and when you get on the treadmill, it's just going to do it for you because you've been doing it every day for three o'clock in the morning. For real. My body said, all you got to do is put your shoes on. That's the hardest thing you got to do. Just put your shoes on and I'll do the rest. I can't put your shoes on for you, but put your shoes on and then just go. And I just went and I, I was walking for the, I do the tw- uh, 11 incline boy. And I was just walking for an hour and I was just like, you know what? It's almost an hour. I don't feel like running. Now, back to Southern Sports Central. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And give us a call at 323-784-9681. Let's rejoin Richie and Eugene on Southern Sports Central. back everybody all night long here on southern sports central a little bit of that uh acdc as i'm richie Yeldman, right on the other side of the glass eugene benton taking your calls at 323-784-9681 we may surprise you next week with not only the radio but some facebook live stuff and we're working on some things just trying to get the studio where we feel like it's uh, going to handle everything here because we don't want to come in here and halfway do anything. We don't expect our athletes to do it, but we're not going to do it either. And when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, we are ecstatic about this 2020 or this 21 season here as it is the season for the athletes as we've kind of uh, coined that 
coming into the season. But, uh, Eugene, I know we still have a few things on the docket that we're going to table some. We're going to talk about some. One of those is, of course, uh, well, some of the new rules of the South Carolina High School Football League. One of those, of course, uh, there's no more of that. Getting a big catch, jumping up and pointing to the end zone. First down, not happening. Yeah, we saw that in the scrimmage against Fort Dorchester. We're sitting there and, uh, you know, one of the defensive backs, a uh, rising sophomore defensive back, made a great play uh, on the receiver and fought for the ball against Fort Dorchester, knocked the ball down, made a tremendous play. You know, got up and just instinct was he kind of made that hand signal with incomplete pass. Right. You know, now in high school league, that's a 15-yard penalty. So, Basically, if that was a third and long, you just gave them a first down. Right. And that's going to be something that I think is going to cause a lot of problems, uh, especially early on, because these kids have been doing it. You know, I don't personally agree with that rule, as long as you're not doing it in someone's face. If you're standing over a dude, kind of punking them, as they call it, you know, in your face. Kind you of know, DJ swears. Or... Right. Exactly. <laughs> the, the, the flex. Yeah. If you're not doing that, I, I don't feel like it's a problem, but. You know, the high school league is just really trying to take anything that they think can cause a problem, right. spark a fight or a controversy. Uh, similarly, if you're a receiver and it's third and seven and you catch that big pass across mm. the middle and you jump up and you give the first down signal, that will also be a 15-yard penalty. So, um, you know, the celebrations are, are uh, days of old. There's no spiking the ball. Uh, a lot of the touchdown celebrations, the end zone are also will be flagged as well. Um, so basically, any type of celebration after the end of a play, anything um, fun is is prohibited. <laughs> there's no fun in football anymore. There's no fun in football. No fun in football. And you go make your play, shake the hand, uh, hand the ball to the ref, thank you, sir, and jog back to the sideline. Yeah, there's no fun in football. It's not. It's the no fun league now, right? We've heard that for years. The NFL, yeah. the no fun league. Well, speaking of NFL, they also put something out on Twitter today and showed a couple of plays mm-hmm. um, that they would deem now uh, taunting. Right. They've really gotten strict on the taunting rule. Similarly, that's kind of what the high school league did. They mirrored some of that. Right. The, high, the NFL put theirs out today with a couple of tweets saying this is an example. They showed a player kind of getting hit pretty hard out of bounds, right. um, which was a legal play, but the player kind of stood, a decent player kind of stood over him. Wasn't even as far as the Swearinger flex. It was kind of a, a half Swearinger flex. But um, and then there's a yellow banner that pops up and says this is now a taunting flag. There's another play uh, where uh, Baker rolls out, hits the guy across the middle. The receiver kind of you know flexes his muscles in front of the defensive back, and um, they put a yellow banner on that. Said this is now taunting as well. So we are taking out any type of the right. celebration. I can see taking out taunting. To an extent, I mean, you know, everybody talks a little bit of trash. You know, are they going to have a, a referee over by the DBs and wide receivers on the outside? Because that's where most of the trash talk occurs. Oh, if yeah. you've ever been close to that, you know, DB up on the guy to jam them, that's where the trash talking sure. occurs. But, you know, but any type of physical gesture with your body seems like it's going to be flag going forward. And, and so, with that being said, I, I don't frown upon the high school league for doing this because they're ahead of the mark. They knew somebody that knew somebody. Because for this to come out, I understand. And I've always said this. I've never understood. I've never understood why we don't marry the same rules from high school to college to the NFL. If we are preparing our young people for the future, and if some of their future is to play in the NFL, why aren't the rules the same? You know, there's certain things that you can do, one foot in, two foot out, whatever it is, the hokey pokey and all that in between. 
why don't they just go ahead and let's mirror the image. Let's go ahead and get the goalposts the same. All right, let's go ahead and frame them. I knew you would like that love language. And so, you know, I just don't understand why. Why are we not preparing them? We're doing it in the classroom. I actually asked someone about that, you know, just just about the hash marks. Right. In in high school football, 17 and a third yards from the sideline to the first. Right. They do it in thirds because the reason behind that was most high school quarterbacks just don't have the arm strength, and it's to shorten the field. Right. So it kind of almost makes it two-thirds of a field, even though you have the same dimensions, just because, you know, when if you're on the right hash, you know, you're not going to send a receiver most high school teams. Right. Can't send a receiver all the way out to the numbers, have them run 30, 40 yards unless you have, you know, in high school, Luke Doty can make that throw, and I showed someone four of those earlier today. So no, Osborne can make that throw. Exactly. Um, and, and it was just, you know, when you're talking about arm strength, but that was the reason why in high school that they went to 17 and the third. Right. And, and because I have to teach my specialists the actual numbers on this, um, you know, be so that they can shorten the field and kind of make it a little bit more competitive than having, you know, 15, 16 year olds spread that far out. I mean, not everybody has, you know, that, that type of arm like a Drew Brees or Tom Brady. Um, but, you know, and you look at the ball or Aaron Rodgers or <laughs> But the balls are the same for high school and college, but then you get in the NFL, you get that big beach. Right. Now, a high school kicker, I don't know about a quarterback. You played high school quarterback. I don't know if right. you'd want an NFL ball. A high school kicker would give three legs, a two arms, and a hamburger just to have that NFL ball. It has its bigger, larger sweet spot. It flies right. so much better. Um, and so that is one of those other things that's a little bit different, too, because you play high school basketball. It's the same basketball that they use in the NBA same basketball they use in college. Right. So it's a very different thing. Again, my understanding was it has to do with the size of the hands right. of the guys, you know, in high school. But they use the same football for high school and college. So it's a very different thing, and I totally agree with you. If we could get them all on the same thing. Right. The goalposts, you mentioned the goalposts. I coach specialists. In high school, they're 24 feet, 6 inches wide. In college and in the pros, it's 18 feet. So right. it's a difference of 3 feet on both sides of the middle. Uh, it would be a lot better if we could get all uniform, and then we can kind of take a look at, you know, where right. people are as opposed to to the next level. Well, the other these are quarterbacks. I mean, we talk about intentional grounding and being out of the tackle box. There's no tackle box in high school, and I always have enjoyed on Friday nights when I was doing the ESPN stuff, and and, and even when I was at Summerville last year, uh, for the years I was many years I was there, but the year I was over at Fort, you know, you'd hear somebody yell, you know. Something about the tackle box. I like that's not a rule in high school. Why yeah. is that not a rule in high school? If we're here, and you, we talk about protecting our kids. Why isn't that a rule? If, if we're protecting our kids and he gets out of the tackle box, stow it away. But right. he doesn't. So he takes the price for it, and he, is, he throws it away. It's 15-yard penalty and a loss of down. Yeah. So I don't understand and, that rule. Another thing, too, is like you, when you mention that and people talk right. about outside the tackle box, watch NFL football. They go to a high school game. They'll watch NFL football and they'll hear the commentators right. talk about the rules and just assume it's the same rules. Because let's face it, you know, I mean, I coach in high school football. This is my fifth year coaching high school football. I can honestly say I've never sat down and read every single rule in the rule book. Right. Uh, but you get, I mean, you know what most of the do's and don'ts are. And there are some intricacies that are tied to, you know, administration part of football. But, you know, when it comes down to it, when you look, a lot of people get their information. From sitting at home, watching the Fox game, the NFL game, to hear those rules. And like you said, 
They think it's the same rule in high school football. But, oh, let's also look at this. The rules in South Carolina may not be the same rules in Georgia. North Carolina either. You don't even got that far. Go yeah. to North Carolina. They start two weeks before us. You know, I was in Charlotte there for, what, almost two months. And right before I came back to Charleston, they, they're already in shells. They're yeah. already practicing. A week later, two weeks later, we start down here in South Carolina. So there's, there's that. There's the game plan. No. There are many high schools from what we learned in some of these um, uh, camps that you and I went to last summer. Right. There are high, there are states that don't have any added practices in the spring. Right. No. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that, that I just kind of wish that we could all get on the same page. And I, it's tough. It is tough because you got so many different sanctions and bodily sanctions, whatever, that groups and gurus. I mean, we watched this. This, uh, this this Friday night tights thing. Man, they take it serious. And I got to tell you something. Jay Williams, who is the commissioner for the SCIFA, South Carolina Youth Football Association, it is almost identical how serious this thing is ran. We just sponsored their big weekend that we were there for their championship day on Sunday. Team came all the way out of Savannah, Georgia, to win it all. However, a lot of other teams did extremely well. The Swamp Foxes, 8U, won the whole thing in their division. I thought the Wolverines of Woodland looked great. Fort Dorchester was in point. Somerville, I know, made some noise. There were some other new teams that have actually joined it. Or Charleston, right. So you start to see that we are finally figuring it out. So I tip my cap to the Skype guys who have done this because it looks like as we've been watching a lot of this stuff in the studio, man, it's almost identical to what we watched last year. Well, and also, too, you know, when we had uh, one of our final shows before we took the break in the spring, uh, you know, we had a great coach in, uh, the head coach up there at York High School. Yeah. And he was vice president of the Coaches Association. And when he was talking to us about the straight line recruiting model in South Carolina, where did, do you recall where he said they got it from? Texas. Yeah. So I think that they're starting to look at some of the other states and say, you know, we don't, we want South Carolina to be a model as well. Right. Um, but, you know, we also are going to look at what other states are doing, see what we can take from those. Let's, right. let's take those. You know, the pretty fruit off the top. Well, if the modules can, that work, right? right. If we can, right. if there's things that won't work, okay. Let's, you know, but I think they're making good changes. I know the commissioner loves the game of football. Sure. Uh, commissioner Singer loves football. He's a low country guy, played in Baptist Hill. Right. Um, that was one of the best segments we ever had on this show. And I felt it like felt he was like, sitting on his couch. I, I was going to say, it felt like three dudes sitting here on the couch right. watching a game of football and just right. talking football. And you know, hopefully, so, maybe we try to get him in next week and see if we can try to get his thoughts as the season gets closer. And I'd like to get the other one in. Uh, what's it? Uh, Went. Uh, you know. The, the, yeah. The, Charlie. The, yeah. Coach Charlie. Went. Coach Charlie. Yeah. Um, because he's actually in charge. He's kind of they they break up the sport. Sure. And he's actually uh, football, football one guy. of his main right. And that's a big animal. Right. I heard in the state of South Carolina. So I'd like to get him in and get his thoughts on some of this stuff too. But you know, the commissioner they want to do. He loves the game of football. He wants it played the right way. There's so many people right. who try to keep this, you know, machine going. And for all the people that attack the high school league, and there are things that we don't agree with, and that's okay. But, you know. But it's respectfully done. But there's only, like, so many people in that office who right. are in charge of thousands of people. Yeah. You know, usually if you're a manager and you have thousands of employees, there's quite a few new right. managers to help you out. They don't have that. Right, and you have to put it this way. So, if you remember, in football season, right, the, the word that we don't use on this show anymore right. um, was hit hard in the, in the fall. And in the low country, it was basketball season. 
where the basketball season was hit hard. So it's hard for these guys. They're not weather meteorologists. They're not scientists. They don't have a crystal ball. They don't have uh, whatever that – what was that fortune cookie dude in, in the movie Big? Remember he went uh, to, right? Guzman. Zoltar. Zoltar. He doesn't have Zoltar to go to. Uh, he's got, got to go to some prayer and some beliefs and roll with it. And that's why I think the commissioner does a great job, and he gives the ability and the authority to who? To the district. Because yeah. the district can control things. Just like when there's a hurricane evacuation, it's the same thing. The governor may say some things, but he leaves a lot of that stuff up to certain areas. And, and people, a lot of people I've seen on social media, you know, when I, was, when I was setting up some of our show and tweets today, right. a lot of the people throughout the state were um, going after the commissioner. Sure. And saying that the high school league needs to make a decision for all. Um, and there, there's, I understand getting some normalcy or, or getting like a art festival for everybody so that we're all uniform right i can completely understand that but at the same time we don't have the same number of schools right we don't have the same classification we don't have the same there are a lot of things that we don't have the same in charleston county that they do in greenville county um you mentioned how columbia had it and the low country had it during basketball spring was decimated in greenville county right i mean they were just decimated in the spring with the COVID. So it's kind of moving in waves, but because they were shut down, do you shut down all the low country schools who just suffered through basketball and now they're, you know, doing a little bit better for baseball. Now, right. is it fair to shut down those kids two years in a row because the upstate was going through some things? So, and that's a tough, you know, people brought up during the meeting, you brought up the hurricane issue. Well, when a hurricane hit in Charleston, Ori, Beaufort, and Georgetown counties and Williamsburg county, are shut down right. because there's a tropical storm coming through and we miss the game and don't get to make it up. Well, those other cats don't miss the game. That's right. You know, so, so do we get an extra week? No. Nope. You know, right. And right. so that's what, that, that, there are some things, everybody's going to say something's unfair in life. Right. Everybody's going to say something's unfair. That's called life though. That's At the end exactly. of the day. And, and, and if you can go all the way back to the flood, the big flood that we had to, right. To, to the fires in North Carolina where the smoke came down, our season was affected there. It seems like every year there's something. Mm-hmm. So you just need to understand that you can't control certain things and what you can't control, you just need to move on. Yeah. And you need to do what you need to do. And, and again, I'll say this on this show. Guys, I understand that certain people have certain beliefs and certain things, but if you want to play high school football, he has made it very clear to you. All you got to do is get, get the shot. All right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you this. Whether I agree with everything or I understand everything, I can give you some explanations that you would scratch your head about the first time I got a shot. All right? They checked my head. I was a little warm because I'd come out of the heat. They then went to my kneecap. My kneecap didn't have a fever. She gave me the shot. All right? I'm just being honest. All right? Second shot went, and I got the Moderna shot. Second shot put me on my behind the next day. It was something serious. But you know what? I woke up the next day. I was a little pissed off because I didn't have any superheroes. I'm not part of the new Avenger team. But you know what I do get to do is I get to kind of move around a little bit more, right? I don't have to have some fear. Even if I get it, it's supposed to help me. So if I'm a football player, seniors, there's not a redo for you, okay? It's a cancel game. It's a forfeit. Get the shot. Do what you got to do. Protect yourself but make the decision that you can control. This is when you can control, Mom and Dad. You can control this part of it. They can DM Joe Cole 
man, a lot of players at Oceanside yeah. and find out what happened last year as they didn't get to play a playoff. Or Johnny Waters at, at First Baptist. Johnny Waters. Undefeated the number one ranked team in the state. And the team that won the state, he beat them. He beat them by 20-something points. I'm not telling you that I'm a doctor. I never even played one on TV. <laughs> Hell, I've never even dated a doctor. But I do know this. I don't think so. Well, I will say I was married to a doctor. She's the mother, <laughs> mother of two of my children, uh, two of our children. And, um, you know, when, when it came down and they were eligible, right. you know, she, she, she did call me. We discussed it. And both, right. of, both of our children are vaccinated. Right. Um, you know, I, I know several doctors. I've trained a kid that his father is a cardiologist on the front line fighting the heart effects down at MUSC. Right. And he gave us a very, very passionate speech about it when we were right. up in Tennessee. And, um, you know, and, and there are plenty of other people right. uh, that have been able to provide information that are doctors. Right. And so a lot of people say, well, you know, everybody can be a doctor on Facebook. Okay. Well, we've talked to MDs who've been to the school, you know, and I, and I felt like with my ex-wife and, and Jeremiah and Emma's mom, was that I don't think she would do anything to harm our children. No. And when she said, let's get them vaccinated, I said, well, what do you think? And she said, I've done all my research. I trust my colleagues. Right. Well, so they did. Well, there you go. I will say this, and before it gets past time, I, I want to send my thoughts and prayers to uh, Al Graham's family. Al Graham was a big time, a big time uh, mentor in this community of North Charleston at Danny Jones uh, Community Center across the state, across the area I worked uh, with him, uh, he actually was in a competitive situation. In my days at Budweiser, he was the Miller man. So we would kind of have our little fun with each other. But he was always a family friend. He was always a guy that would walk up to you and, and give you a hug and, and just had that personality that would just make you just want to be better. You know, these are the guys that are in our communities that are doing great things. And uh, unfortunately, uh, he actually did pass away from COVID is, is what I was told. And it was confirmed to me uh, just yesterday. Uh, whether it was COVID, whether it was cancer, whether it was a strike, didn't matter. Uh, what mattered to me is we lost a guy in our community that he was a huge, a huge contributor to so many things, to so many things. And, and, and I tell you, it brings a, 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 almost a, a voice change in me because this guy, I thank God, I saw him a year ago at the final weekend that we covered the South Carolina Youth Football Association. He was at Fort Dorchester on the track. He ran over to me, gave me a big hug. We talked about life and our family. And, uh, you know, you never know when it's the last time that you're going to see somebody. Guys, I can't tell you that enough. We say this on the show. I know it's, you know, football, but it's family. We're all family. So just make sure that you take these moments. Uh, Eugene, uh, you know, uh, and we're seeing teams go down with this thing, man. It's so a real thing. We, we've seen three during the show. Three during the show. Vince uh, Allen is now in quarantine. Uh, Great Collegiate was supposed to play Chapin. Right. Chapin, now Chapin's in quarantine. And this came across seconds ago, North Myrtle Beach. Mm. North Myrtle Beach is the latest Horry County uh, program. They uh, they cannot return to action until Wednesday, August 25th. So they will not be able to. That will be the kickoff classic. They won't be classic. able to play any classics. Uh, and their regular, first regular season game um, until August 28th. Right. And what's going to happen, and again, I'm not the commissioner, and I can say that from my understanding is that they're going to have to cancel. They're going to forfeit these games, guys. Oh, yeah, I, I cannot right. tell you guys enough. This is a season that we were all looking forward to because, yes, the class of 21 had a ton of bad mamma jammas, but this class of 22, 
man, this is going to be the year that we couldn't wait for. This was going to be a class like the Jadavion Clowney class, like the A.J. Green class, right? Dunlap and all those guys, right? They are locked and loaded from the lower state to the upper state, and they're killing it in the middle of the state. But if we don't prepare, we don't take care of the things that we can control, the show is going to go a little different week after week. And I don't want to keep talking about teams that are not playing. I want to talk about the teams that are playing. Again, I, I just – I try not to harp too much, Eugene, on this, but I think it needs to be said as we go off the air here. Three solid hours. We're glad to be back. We'll be back live every Wednesday night. We're going to do once a week. If we decide to do a special, we'll, we'll let you know. It'll be a Monday night, but we'll just wait and see. Uh, we got a busy schedule. I've got some things happening that I didn't release tonight, Eugene. You and I know what that is. That's going to be uh, – that may break the Internet. Who knows? But <laughs> um, I'm excited about it. I do want to also congratulate a guy that I've had a chance to know as well. Eugene uh, can, can echo this. And Mr. Kenyatta Watson, who is the new – player development, life coach for Florida State. Love to see these coaches get opportunities to do great things because they were doing great things where they were. Again, more to that to come. Stay tuned as uh, I'll leave that. We'll table that conversation for next Wednesday because by next Wednesday, we'll talk about it because it'll be released. Now, again, I want to thank uh, all of our guests here tonight. We had, of course, uh, the head coach of the South Carolina Youth Football, excuse me, the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Softball Association game, uh, Mr. Matthew came in here, talked about that big game coming up on October 9th. That's the eighth annual uh, Diabetes Awareness Weekend held in Columbia, and also we had, of course, uh, the guru of Friday Night Lights, Mr. David Shelton himself, checking in with us for about 45 minutes. He will be a regular guest with us every Wednesday night, as long as everything works itself. Shane Fiddler, the head football coach. Ashley Ridge, the Swamp Foxes, welcomed us in over there on Sunday. He, of course, joined us here tonight. C.E. Murray's own head football coach and athletic director. Coach Smitty hung out with us for about 30 minutes and educated, entertained us and all as well. But a uh, good way to kick us off, Eugene. Man, I can't wait. Next week It's going to be a great show. Uh, we will break the news of what am I doing this year? <laughs> Where's Richie? Where's Richie? Yeah. Where do I fall this year? Who who can I who can I uh what can happen next? But it's going to definitely be bigger than last year. Wednesday will be big because we will have C V games on Thursday night that really count. They go in the record book as a winner yeah. a winner or loss. And then of course on Friday. Because you know how fast this happens. You got padded practice on Monday, Tuesday, right. shells on Wednesday, right. walkthrough on Thursday. For the barking and oh by Friday we spotting the ball, the whistles blowing, the hot dogs are burning. Yeah. Music's playing, the bands are juiced up. Yeah. This is different because it's been two years since we've had people in the stands like this. It's gonna be that we've had bands in the stands. Yep. That we've had music blaring, that we've had kids playing little pickup games with the pine cone and on the side or under the stands. We hope. We hope. We also will do a segment where what we do is we go out and uh, we'll have a pick'em segment part of that. Eugene, myself, we'll have a couple of other guys join us. So that'll be fun. We'll have a trophy awarded at the end of that entire conversation. And then, again, we'll revisit what is Richie going to do coming in 2021, guys. All of that is going to be a lot of fun. Don't forget, Friday morning, one and only, Brandon Bisco being Sports Unlimited. He's the voice of, of course, uh, the team. 
up at Carolina Force, but on Friday mornings, he's part of the family here at Southern Sports Central, guys. Until then, we appreciate everybody's support. Follow us on Facebook, Southern Sports Central, and on Twitter, at SO Sports Central, guys. On my behalf and Eugene, enjoy the week. It's almost time. Guys, take care. We'll see you then. Until next Wednesday night, stay safe. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turn. And thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.